Did you hear the story yesterday that was going around about the, you know, the the Jewish lawyer? Mm-hmm. One of our lawyers is a Jew. He voted not for Roy Moore. And he, he's Christian now, <laughs> and right? And then they were like, we didn't mean that Jew lawyer. We meant uh, another one. That guy was, yeah, he was friends with Doug Moore and he raised Doug money Jones. for him. Doug, Doug Jones. And, and raised money for him. Did you see the picture of, of uh, Doug Jones' kid? At the inauguration, oh, yeah. just staring his, down Pence. His, his son is gay, right? Yeah. And he was just staring at Pence. It was awesome. You know Pence was like... Pence was like, don't get a boner, don't get a boner. Think about mother, think about mother. Mother, 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 mother. Oh, it moved. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Oprah's going to be president. Val's got news right now on the DVE Morning Show. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Snow and freezing rain for much of the area during the course of the day today. Travel will be bad at times. High temperature 38. Tonight some flurries or drizzle will drop to 28 and then mostly cloudy 39 on Tuesday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It is 32 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Former White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon says he regrets his comments in an explosive book about the Trump (laughs) White House in Michael Wolff's new book, Fire and Fury. Uh, Bannon is quoted blasting Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and campaign chief Paul Manafort for the 2016 meeting with Russian nationals. In a statement to Axios, Bannon says his comments were aimed at Manafort, because of his knowledge of how the Russians operate. Mm. You know why he's admitting it and apologizing instead of just outright denying it and calling the book a total fabrication? Because I think he's the only one smart enough to realize that this dude has tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could release them at any time, and that would basically sink anybody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So he's like, ooh, but, definitely said all that stuff. But, but I didn't mean to say Don Jr., I meant to say Paul Manafort. Everybody around me knows that when I say Don Jr. is treasonous, I mean Paul Manafort. <laughs> I mean it's Paul code. Manafort knows Russians. You know, uh, and look at those two figures, Don Jr. And, and Paul Manafort. Which of those two do you think he was really talking about would crack like an egg? The guy who's been working with the uh, Russian government <laughs> for decades, whose daughter said that he's murdered people, who's got... Who Ice said, running yeah, through his veins. Who said that all their money is blood money. Or or the Fredo of Fredos. <laughs> a man is in Allegheny County Prison after smashing several windshields along the Parkway East yesterday. Witnesses say the man used a screwdriver to break several windows of a car broken down just past the Oakland exit. One victim tells Channel 2 that he locked himself inside with his two young kids for their safety, only to have the man stabbed through the side windows. That man smashed the windows of several other vehicles on the Parkway East as well before police arrived. Luckily, no one was seriously injured. A new study finds exercise can change the composition and activity of those trillions of little microbes in the human gut and possibly improve overall health and metabolism. Scientists at the University of Illinois put people who were not exercising on a six-week exercise program. At the end of six weeks, researchers found people's gut microbes had changed in ways that helped reduce inflammation throughout the entire body. Changes also boosted people's metabolism and worked to fight insulin 
insulin resistance, which is a precursor to diabetes. So good gut health is very important. Mm -hmm. I think the most daunting thing about trying to start exercising, if you're not a person who's ever really exercised in their life, is all the commercials you see, all the ads for like the CrossFit, this this go, 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 this hit. Like you got to do crazy amounts of cardio. If you're not killing yourself, you're not benefiting your health. That's all a fabrication. Like that's that's all wrong. All you have to do is just elevate your heart. Even if that's walking swiftly for 20 minutes a day mm -hmm. to begin with, and then you you know you're you start to increase your fitness levels and then maybe you slowly jog and then all of a sudden maybe you run. Yeah, down the road. Though I would say if you're like over 40 and way out of shape and you're just trying to break in, I would definitely if you if you can try to work with somebody who like tells you how to learn um like parameters for your workout so you don't like have don't a heart attack it. and yeah. die immediately. That's what I said, you know, walk. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Most Americans make New Year's resolutions that involve money, which is a surprise. According to a new survey from Marcus by Goldman Sachs, almost 90% of creditworthy Americans say they plan on saving money this year. The top ways Americans will plan to save money include adding more to their savings account, paying down credit card debt, and creating a budget. One in four Americans say the, they typically make finance-related New Year's resolutions, and women are also more likely than men to make a resolution about paying down credit card debt. Moody Blues flutist, or is it flautist? Flautist. Flautist. Uh, vocalist and founding member Ray Thomas is dead at the age of 76. Mm -hmm. His music label announced yesterday that Thomas died suddenly last week at his home in Surrey near London. No cause of death was given yesterday, but Thomas announced in 2014 he had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Thomas founded the Moody Blues in 1964 with fellow musicians including Denny Lane and Mike Pinder. His flute solo was a key ingredient on one of the band's biggest hits, Nights in White Satin. The band is due to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April. And the men and women of Hollywood are fighting back against sexual harassment. The majority of those in attendance at last night's Golden Globes turned up in black in solidarity with the Time's Up anti-harassment initiative, a prequel to the Me Too movement. Harassment was also addressed in host Seth Meyers' opening monologue, as well as by other female winners who used their acceptance speeches at plat as platforms for speaking out. Stars also discussed women earning less pay than men, while presenter Natalie Portman Portman called out the Globes for their all-male nominees for Best Director, which that must have been in a drama because Greta Gerwig won for um, Lady Bird, which was, I think, a Best Comedy. She won Director or Best Screenplay? Oh, did she win Best Screenplay? I, I don't know. I thought it was Director. I thought there, weren't, I thought there were no female nominees. Well, it, may, it might have been different categories. But anyway, yeah. Seth Meyers hosting last night. Did you watch any of it? Sorry. Yeah, I watched, yeah I, watched, it. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he did as good of a job Very... as anybody could do. That monologue was great. Yeah. Uh, of course, he joked about male nominees being able to uh, exhale. For the male nominees in the room tonight, this is the first time in three months it won't be terrifying to hear your name read out loud. <laughs> Did you hear about Willem Dafoe? Oh, God, no. He was nominated. Don't do that. Don't do that.
He also joked about the search for a female host for the Golden Globes. They tried to get a woman to host this show. They really did. They said, hey, how would you like to come and be judged by some of the most powerful people in Hollywood? And women were like, hmm, well, where is it? And they said, it's at a hotel. And long story short, I'm your host tonight. So, yeah, he did a pretty good job. Uh, you mentioned Oprah. Going to run for president. Dude, Stedman was asked last night by a Los Angeles TV station if she would run for president. He said... It's up to the people. She certainly would do it. And that speech last night has everybody talking. Which, yeah. by the way, it, there was nothing political about it. I mean, no. in as much as it was, you know, was not about politics so much as it was about equality. gender equality. Yeah. She uh, got the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is given for outstanding contributions to the world of entertainment. Here is part of her acceptance. In 1982, Sydney received the Cecil B. DeMille Award right here at the Golden Globes. And it is not lost on me that at this moment, there are some little girls watching as I become the first black woman to be given the same award. took aim at the powerful men of Hollywood. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. So we'll talk quite a bit about the Golden Globes. We'll go over some of the winners throughout the rest of the morning. Uh, winter weather advisory, snow and freezing rain today. Temperatures in the upper 30s, snow or rain in upper 20s overnight tonight. It's 32 now at DVE. I mean, that was one hell of a speech. She had that room riled up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she, they, they sat her right in front of the podium. And I, I don't know how many people, when they came up, they're like, Oprah. So it was like everybody was performing for the queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? My leash. <laughs> and I'm not 100% positive that Stedman isn't a Will Ferrell character that he's just not going to break he's just been doing beige face once again she beige face once again when she thanks the, the her like uh, Stedman and Gail she's like <clears throat> Stedman thanks for everything Gail you are the very definition of friend to me a powerful an all-knowing, a talented, compassionate. Stedman's like, man, all she said was thanks. And Stedman, you've been there. You've been in, in, like literally there. You've been there. <laughs> yeah, no, she for does a lot this. of these wonderful moments in my life. She starts with this huge, long soliloquy of how wonderful Gail is. And then she goes, and Stedman, you've seen it, right? She's great. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that he was there. Oh, so sad. I'm always and surprised her hand. when he has not run mm. for his life. <laughs> her, you know, Serena and I were watching it last night. We we're just like marveling at her career. It's ridiculous. I mean, how do you go from, you know, trying, busting your ass to just get a TV show and then having your own TV network? Yeah. I, <laughs> there, there, there's, look. There's First there's female a, billionaire. It's a reason they call her. You know, she goes just by Oprah. One name. Omnipresent. Oprah. I'm telling you, man. If Stedman said she might run for president. The Rock and Oprah could be vying for a nomination for president. 
He I, said, I don't, that, I don't want that. I don't know neither do I. But, I think I think we've learned our lesson here with the uh, the TV stars crossover. I don't know what you're talking Surprisingly, about. Surprisingly, they don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I want a politician. I. Sorry. That's okay. I. I. I'm done with them. I'm done with sound. For this hour. Uh, all right. On the way for you. The Steelers know who they're going to be playing on Sunday. The Jaguars beat the Bills barely. Let's go, Jags. Yesterday. So, uh, let's go, Jags. Let's go again. Oh, I got you. Uh, Benzie uh, will be here at 8.15. Stan Saverin starts a power hour. Steelers talk at 9 o'clock with Jerry Dulac as we begin to break down meeting number two between the Steelers and the Jaguars. We know how the first one went. That was Ben's worst game I think as a pro ever in, and, in his history of playing football, even like backyard games included. <laughs> Video, all games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Madden, yeah. it took Ben's worst game ever for the Jaguars to beat us last time, and they didn't do anything yesterday that made me think, well, they got a lot better. Um, no, their defense is unreal. But good. Bortles. Bortles is not Bortles. Good. Bortles is their quarterback. He cannot throw the ball. <laughs> he ran for more yards than he threw for he yesterday. One more yard uh, rushing than, than <laughs> passing yesterday. Uh, the Bills almost pulled that out. And they stink. Oof. They're terrible. Oof. Well, as soon as Tyrod got hurt, you got you had to think like, ah, well, no way this is happening. And then a super exciting game between the Chiefs and the Titans on Saturday. Of course, the Patriots won't have to face the Chiefs. The one team that most people agree could probably have knocked them out. In the late game, Atlanta advances. Uh, the Saints end up advancing uh, for the NFC. Really good games in the NFC. For sure. For sure. That I was mean, a tough draw for, for the Rams. I mean, first round Super Bowl losers they have to go up against. You know, that's Atlanta's the wild card team. Mm-hmm. Tough. Defending NFC champions. Michael will have more on that uh, coming up. A wild Penguins game last night as well. He'll have the details. DV, the Pens try to dig out from a first half of the season slide to the bottom, basically. And uh, hey, they can do it. You know, they do have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Matt Muley. Fill the thrill. Fill the thrill. Uh, and uh, also, Steelers set to take on the Jags, a 1 o'clock, ga- a one o'clock game on Sunday. Mike with a recap of this past weekend's NFL action. You shot at 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up 7 o'clock. DVE Sports. Mike Prasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, man? Sports is all brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. The final eight field is set in the NFL on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. It'll be number six seed Atlanta. At number one, Philadelphia in the NFC, followed by number five, Tennessee at number one, New England at 8.15. Then on Sunday, starting at 105, it's uh, three-seed Jacksonville at the number two-seed Pittsburgh Steelers. And then at 440, the number four-seed New Orleans Saints against number two-seed Minnesota. It is uh, the Steelers and Jacksonville. Not a surprise. No. Given the way this thing lined up uh, going into the wild card Weekend and not a surprise that it's the Jacksonville defense that delivered the Jaguars to the second round. Here's Phil Sims of CBS after Jacksonville's 10-3 win over Buffalo yesterday. 
what I saw is Calais Campbell uh, Ngakwe getting pressure. Miles Jack got a sack. But the speed of the linebackers really stood out because of the underneath passing, stopping the run, and then when Tyrod Taylor moved out of pocket sometimes, man, the hole closed fast. So the defense for Jacksonville, that's why they're in the playoffs, and they came through big time. Now the question with the Jaguars is quarterback Blake Bortles, as you guys were discussing, 12 of 23 for 87 yards passing. He did have one touchdown and no interceptions. He ran 10 times for 88 yards. A lot of that in the second half after Jacksonville couldn't fall forward in the first half. And the Jaguars looking kind of desperate at times. And Bortles just dropped back and run was what they resorted to. And it worked. Uh, here's uh, Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason kicking around the performance of Blake Bortles yesterday on CBS. You know, when you're a quarterback and you're in a game like this and you see Blake Bortles' numbers there, pass for 87 yards, the rushing for 88. Boomer, if you really are Panther, it, sometimes as a quarterback, it can get hard to throw it down. Sure, I know, yeah. Because you understand, oh my gosh, the defense is dominating. If I don't make a mistake, you're thinking, then we won't lose. So that had to be part of uh, the psyche of Blake Bortles. In I mean, you can make all the excuses you want. I'm just telling you right now, that's not going to win on the road. I mean, he's got to be better. You know, he was really good at the beginning of December. Right. Uh, he was, like, looked legit. Right. In the middle of December there. And for three games in a row, he had seven touchdowns, no interceptions, almost 90, uh, almost uh, over uh, 900 yards passing, almost yeah. 70 completion percent. And I'm telling you, he looked good. Now, all of a sudden, the last two games, he has basically looked like the guy that started the season right. and makes me think that Eli Manning is going to be wearing that jersey next year. Ooh. He's right about that three-game stretch. It was uh... – Jacksonville's 12th, 13th, and 14th games of the season, and Bortles looked like a real quarterback. The last two really wobbled down the stretch in the regular season. Uh, Jacksonville lost both of those games. And yesterday, hey, I, I give him full marks for competing and finding a way to win and, you know, dealing with the situation. But uh, I'm, I'm tend, I tend to agree with Boomer. He's going to have to play better. If but not that much better. I mean, he he still threw for what ninety five yards against the Steelers, and they beat us thirty to nine. He did uh, yesterday. Jacksonville had fifteen first downs, two for twelve on third down, and only two hundred thirty total net yards. But didn't turn the ball over uh, in the game against the Steelers back in October at Heinz Field. Blake Bortles was eight of fourteen for ninety five yards. Leonard Fournette twenty eight carries, a buck eighty one. Now, a lot of people talk about that 90-yard run at the end of the game, which was kind of garbage time, as inflating the number. And to an extent, that's true. But if you take away 90 rushing yards, Jacksonville still rushed for 140, which is too many. And that defense is absolutely legit. Uh, the play that uh, Jalen Ramsey made at the end of the game, sealing it with a tip and then a pick. Their corners are very well. Very I mean, come good. on, Nate Peterman telegraphed and threw a lollipop out there. I that was mean, still a great play. It was similar to the play he made on Brown when, on Antonio Brown when he went up over him in the Pittsburgh game and tipped it. Uh, yeah, one of the linebackers then ended up intercepting it. But those, those guys are going to be around the. Receiver. I'm not saying they're not great. I'm saying that Nate Peterman stinks, and that was not a good throw. I mean, you want, it takes forever to get there. It was still pretty. It was a hell of an athletic play by the corner, no doubt. Um, 
crappy Steelers game. can't turn the ball over against these guys, as they found out last time, and they can't let them run. Uh, I would have two concerns going in. Uh, number one, uh, the run defense has been susceptible, minus Ryan Shazier. Even though Fournette looks like he slowed way down as a rookie, he doesn't look at the end of the year the way he was looking at the beginning of the year. And uh, the second would be how many times Bortles was able to break contain yesterday. Steelers led the NFL with 56 sacks. They foam at the mouth to get to the quarterback. I don't think you want to sack this guy. I think you want to contain him and make him throw it. Mm-hmm. Can they discipline their rush? Because right. Particularly if you're playing more man, which they've been doing, then when the quarterback runs, that's why that's effective because everybody on defense is running around following their guy, not the guy running with the ball. Right. Run the ball, don't turn it over, contain Bortles, and then it should be time to ship it up to Boston. Oh. Yeah, yeah this is a big Le'Veon Bell game. Yeah, that's the other thing. I think um, the physicality will be an obvious factor as well, but I think Tennessee is a pretty physical team, uh, particularly if Tennessee can hang around and still be able to run the ball against New England. Patriots are going to get a little worn out, as as will the Steelers. Good. But as we know, they've already spotted those A-holes 24 hours. <laughs> well, look, now everybody's doing the Facebook Live in the uh, in the locker room. You know, the Saints yesterday, they had to coach dancing. On uh, who did the Facebook Live from the Saints locker room yesterday? Was he insulting the Vikings? No, okay. No, he was taking part in it. He was smart enough to just dance. Case Keenum, you kidding me? I got true effing breeze over here. <laughs> he was holding the selfie stick at the beginning. Oh, he was doing it at the beginning? He was, oh, yeah, when they show, when they, like, we'll go live to the Saints locker room. Coach Payton is holding the selfie stick and, like, waving it around. So it was, he's doing it. Oh, boy. Maybe that's the key. Tell A.B., let Tomlin do it. That way Tomlin's less likely to Right, less likely to insult the team we're going to play. Penguins hosted the Bruins last night at PPG Paints Arena. A wild back-and-forth affair. Highly entertaining, not necessarily well-played in a lot of uh, instances, but uh, it came down to a penalty shot against relief goaltender Matt Murray with just over a minute remaining. And Marchand's going to be the shooter. He'll take a towel, wipe off his stick. It's a penalty shot opportunity here at the 18:59 mark. If he scores, obviously the Bruins take the lead. Marchand winds it up from his own end. He's going for the puck now and comes full speed ahead. Number 63 going to the net. Backhand play. Stopped by Murray. Try to edge it through the pass in the five hole, I believe. And Matt Murray. Stops Marchand on that penalty shot opportunity. We will go back to play. Still tied. And it stayed tied into overtime, but if getting Malkin made sure that a shootout wasn't necessary. Malkin waits. He's behind the net trying to center from a tang, and it went by him all the way to the Penguins line. That's a huge break for the Bruins. They're able to make a change. Well, the Bruins have two of the men on the ice. Kessel getting the buck to Malkin. Back to Kessel and front of Malkin. Hey! Joseph scores! Getting Malkin finishes it. Oh, get me back, my old Cadillac. It's Malkin with a game winner here in overtime. Yeah, crazy game. Uh, 6 5 pens in OT. They were up 3 to 1. 
Gave up four unanswered goals in the second period, a couple of which were just amateur hour plays. Crystal Tang, one of the worst passes I've ever seen. He must be really <laughs> tired, even though he didn't play much last year. Say. Um, but then they uh, they scored late in the second and early in the third and found a way to win a second consecutive game for the first time since early December. Penzor, 22-19-3, 47 points. That is good for the second wild card in the Eastern Conference as we speak. Carolina, Philly, and the Islanders all have 46 points, and they all have games in hand on the Penguins, so that could change this week. Penguins have their five-day uh, bye week. And they'll be back in action Saturday against Detroit. And the uh, college football invitational concludes tonight. Alabama against Georgia. ESPN reporting that uh, the members of the college football playoff management committee, which includes 10 uh, FBS commissioners and Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbuck, are in unanimous agreement that the playoffs doesn't need to be expanded. ACC commissioner John Swafford quoted as saying, quote, I think we're right where we should be at this point. Four teams. Four teams. That we pick. That we and pick. think we'll have the best ratings. Yeah. We do a great job on you this. You excited for that game tonight? No. Yeah. Nope. Nobody's talking Seen it before. About it. Don't care. Maybe watch it, maybe won't. I don't know. Start eight o'clock. It was certainly t- not gonna watch it till the end, based they- on Tomorrow morning's Oh, right, because it'll be at 12.30 by the yeah. time it's over. But, you know, they're dragging this out all the way into the first week of January has killed any enthusiasm for it, I think. Like, this is the second year in a row where I, it kind of seems like, to me, eh, little people, like, waning enthusiasm because the NFL playoffs start. I think you got a point. I mean, I'll have a full stadium and uh, imagine the ratings. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying good. the ratings won't be big. It's just, it's not... It's not how I remember it when I was a kid when it was like the big bowl games. You know, you watched, I don't know. Well, I mean, before at least it was over pretty much January 1st or January 3rd. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we're already, they've already started a weekend of the NFL playoffs and now they're going back to this. And... What did you think of those first games? The playoff games? Yeah. I thought they were great. can't even remember them, Bill. <laughs> Seriously, I, well, I, let wa- me... I watched so much sports yesterday. I'm having a hard time remembering what day it is. All right, let me take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll remind you what happened. Also, a great idea that a national uh, chain of gyms is in implementing in the new year. In terms of what they show on TV, Val has news top of the hour. We'll talk about four tips to stand out on online dating. And also, are we all really just living in a computer simulation? We'll yes. talk about that. Thousand bucks coming up. 7 a.m., another chance to win workforce cash. Bal, I wish you would do the traffic through a beatbox. I can't do it. Yeah, practice on it first. Just, you just can't come in cold and just start beatboxing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not hey, fair. I give her an A for effort. Bill could do it. That's a Bill Bill could probably break Dance's way right through the morning if we wanted. <laughs> it is the DV Morning Show, a, a big weekend in NFL football, of course, the wild card weekend. Uh, I thought... Saturday's games were both pretty good. Uh, you know, like, it wasn't great play at first in the uh, Kansas City-Tennessee game. It ended up uh, being an exciting game, nonetheless. I thought they were all <clears throat> exciting. Yeah, yeah. The Bills-Jacks was really boring for the first half. I mean, that was really boring. I, 
You know, Phil Sims was talking about this on the post game a little bit because it was close. I thought it was exciting and it was a playoff game. Mm-hmm. In October, you're probably looking at that saying, oh, God. Yeah, no, that's but, a good point. You know, I don't mind occasionally when a first down is really hard to get and it becomes that kind of war of attrition and territory and field position. And you're thinking any mistake could be the end and one mm-hmm. play made could be the difference. I, I, I enjoyed that game. I, did you think of that as, as like really good defense or ineptitude at the quarterback position? I thought Jacksonville played really good defense. Yeah. I thought uh, Bortles was really awful in the first half, but he was resourceful enough to get it done in the second half. They had a long drive for their touchdown, and they kind of controlled the ball in the second half. And, and as we heard from Sims, you know, they knew going in, we got to lose this game. They're probably not going to be able to beat us. So I think you play it a little different way. Yeah, the Bills kind of peaked in the parking lot. Well, at least they made it to the postseason. And in Buffalo, they celebrated. The Bills Mafia before the game, if you oh saw anything God. on social media, was <laughs> insane. Did you see Bill uh, Cower? Yeah, Bill Cower did. Bill Cower. A Bills Mafia flop onto a table. Drinking the Bills Mafia Kool-Aid. You Still- know, I don't care how much money they gave to Andy Dalton's foundation. They're a-holes. That's fine. Grow uh, up. But in Cleveland... At least they didn't have to take those tables back with them because they're all broken. In Cleveland, there was a different kind of celebration. The Browns have never had a victory parade in Cleveland. On Saturday, thousands of Browns fans had a parade to honor the team's perfect 0-16 season. It wasn't a straight-up protest. It was a parade. It was a parade test. Makeshift floats, marchers with creative signs, some of which we could read on the air. Some we can't. The parade route went around the stadium in the shape of a giant zero. There was a van painted in brown's colors that said, quote, Hell has to freeze over at some point, right? Another carried a participation trophy. The marchers held signs like, $10 $10 million for 20 catches, which was a nod to the Browns' disastrous signing of Kenny Britt last season. Another said, perfection in the wrong direction. <laughs> there was also a woman sitting on a vehicle wearing a sash that read 0-16, and there were Detroit Lions fans welcoming Browns fl- fans to the club. The Lions are the only other team to have gone 0-16 in a season. It's impressive. Pl- police estimate... Between 2,500 and 3,200 people showed up, so they braved frigid temperatures to be there, which is, I mean, ridiculous. See the sign that one guy had a sign that said, I'm with stupid, and then the guy standing next to him said, season ticket holder. (laughs) Guys, uh, first of all, tell me what exactly brought you guys out here. It's cold. Well, honestly, sir, I think this is a good cause. I'm looking to donate some food to some food kitchens that might need it. And honestly, um... I just want to be a part of the camaraderie. I love this team, and I know that we're going to get better, and I'm just looking forward to seeing some really awesome floats today. Same thing. I mean, I've, we've been fans for since 1999 at least, and if this is the only way we can get a parade, and LeBron's obviously not giving it one, for so I as well come down and show support for everyone else. What was your reaction when you first heard that this could be a possibility that this happening? I, uh, first off, I love the Internet and Facebook and the <laughs> idea of that because – you're starting to see a lot of these inside jokes becoming these massive things, and everybody wants to be on the inside of the joke, and I think 
while I don't think our team is a joke, I do enjoy that we're bringing recognition to uh, just a really unfortunate certain situation. So, what, what do you hope that spurs from the, a parade like this uh, for the Browns at all? I'm assuming obviously wins, but yeah, tell me some anger. Like get get behind the fans. You know, you can see that we're passionate about it. Come out and actually put a little bit more effort into it. I went to last week against Pittsburgh, and I swear, like towards the end of the game, they gave up. Corey Coleman dropped that open pass and broke my heart again. Yeah, they mentioned the food bank. Oof. The leftover money will be donated to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. Organizers collected food non-perishable items there. Fifteen grand will be passed along to the food bank. A few Browns players took offense to the parade, but LeBron James was amused and said he got a kick out of it. The team issued a statement. We greatly appreciate the passion of all of our fans, and we apologize for them not making the 2017 season an enjoyable one. We certainly hear them and understand their frustration. We want the same things as our fans, winning results. We're committed to doing everything we can to improve and build them the type of team they most certainly deserve. Some would argue they've got that right now. (laughs) Watch the entire parade on DV.com. Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. It's good background in your office today. Val has news coming up here uh, after the break. What do you got, Valerie? We're going to talk a little bit more about last night's Golden Globes Awards. And also, we will talk about the top four tips for your online dating life. Thousand bucks in workforce cash being given away. And I'm not 100% positive that Stedman isn't a Will Ferrell character, <laughs> that he's just not going to break. <laughs> He's just been doing beige face. Once again, she <laughs> beige face. Once again, when she thanks like uh, Stedman and Gail, she's like, Stedman, thanks for everything. Gail, you are the very definition of friend. A powerful and all-knowing, <laughs> a talented, compassionate. Stedman's like, man, all she said was thanks. <laughs> Stedman, you've been there. You've been in, it, like literally there. You've been there. <laughs> yeah, she for does a lot this. of these wonderful moments in my life. She starts with this huge, long soliloquy of how wonderful Gail is. And then she goes, and Stedman, you've seen it, right? She's great. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE. Oprah 2020. Show. That's what everyone's saying. Oprah last night, she's running because she gave a speech at the Golden Globes that was not necessarily political, was more. Based around gender and racial equality, and um, but the powerful nature of the speech led many people to uh, conclude she must be running for president. A television station in Los Angeles asked Stedman after the Golden Globes, "Does this mean Oprah is running?" And he said, "She's certainly open to it. It would be uh, up to the people, but she would be willing to." So that means she's running. Um, that, that's how bad it is with Trump. We're looking anywhere. I was at the gas station the other day. I was like, hey, that guy, he could be president. That, that'd be all right. That any got day, me my Mentos gum pretty quick. Any daytime host will do right now. Oprah. Alan. Bring back uh, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael for attorney general. <laughs> sure. As long as she. Hey, Judge Judy. Yeah. Oh, Richard well, Bay. I mean, that's your attorney general. Bring him back. Judge Judy, if there ever was, was one. But seriously, she had that Golden Globes audience so fired up. She could have made them attack in another award show last night. They could have like <laughs> just all. Now let's go kill the Grammys or something like. Her speech was nine minutes. Yeah. Wow. It did, I, I mean, it was. 
It was powerful. She's good. She's a great speaker. But to Bill's point, I think everybody is just looking to latch on to any sense of like normalcy. normalcy. Yeah. Right now. The Rock could do it. She doesn't sound He's like a moron. She was very inspiring. She could be president. Uh, Golden Globes. I'm not sure what the ratings will be for that, but it was a tricky landscape last night, Valerie. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, shortly. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Snow and freezing rain for much of the area during the course of the day today. Travel will be bad at times. High temperature 38. Tonight some flurries or drizzle will drop to 28 and then mostly cloudy 39 on Tuesday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 33 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. 2018 shaping up to be a bad year for the flu in western Pennsylvania. Allegheny County health officials say reported flu cases are up nearly 50% over last year. They say the county has 1,379 flu cases so far. The PA Department of Health had Westmoreland County's flu statistics at more than 300. Uh, while some say the season's flu vaccine is only 10% effective, officials say, ah, there's really no proof of that. I got a flu shot on Saturday. Yeah. It's worth a shot. Do you have to wait a full calendar year to get another one? Boy, I don't know. Because that's why I always just put it off and put it off. And then I think, well, if I get it in January, then do I have to wait till next January? Should I get it at the beginning of the flu season? Does it matter? Should I get it at Rite Aid? I got it at Rite Aid. You Giant, did? Yeah. Giant Eagle gives you, I think they give you like some points on your card. You can get it nice. at Giant Eagle too? Yeah. Oh, I got man. one there a couple years ago. Really? Flu perks. They just bend you over right in the uh, pharmacy. And- Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Hold on a second. Yeah. Wait <laughs> a minute. How many points I'm is kidding. that? Oh, man. <laughs> Everybody else gets the points. Do they have a self-serve flu <laughs> shot aisle too like they do for groceries? <laughs> if you don't want to wait in the line. Oh, if you want to jab yourself, go right ahead. You do me, I'll do you. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. No, I don't think the flu shot is a DIY project. <laughs> did you get one? <laughs> no. Me either. You uh, at this point, I'm taking my. Chance. You have issues with the flu shot. There are many people who do. I don't have issues with the flu shot, but I don't really want to talk about it because I don't know. Serena is just basically anti-flu shot. A lot so. of people are though. That's not a, a you know that's not yeah, like, but I don't make wanna, it crazy. To I don't, say don't, you don't want to be like uh, portrayed as a, some kind of anti-vaxer or something, <laughs> right? My kids have all been vaccinated, right? No, I think there's a huge difference between. Just don't the get two. the flu shot. Um. Yeah, I I got it because uh, when I like I have asthma. If I get it, it it'll really it really knocks you out. You know, uh, it's just p- painful. Uh, it, it may not matter though, because a as you said, some people are pointing out that the strain that they're using this year is only ten percent effective. What's the yeah? What's the point in getting it? I, if that's all the I don't know if that's efficacy. true or not. Um, does and, Starbucks have a flu shot latte or something? They do. I could yeah, maybe just it's delicious. Uh, you have to bend over. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> it's just, it's, they administer it, yeah. Do they at least sit them in the rim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. It's solid. nice. A little nutmeg on yeah. your nutmeg. <laughs> uh, but it, it may not matter because it takes two weeks to kick in. So if you, uh, between the time you get the shot. If you're in the... Thick of the season. Stay out of Westmoreland County, I guess. That's so I, now I you're, in the, you're in the flu shot protocol. I'm in the flu. Well, no, yeah. we, we have way more than Westmoreland County. 
We're at 1,379. They're at 300. Oh, okay. I heard Ohio is really bad right now. At least that's what somebody who was waiting for a shot at Rite Aid told me. <laughs> then I went and bought a belt. Look, Don't Rite Aid's the best. It's the best restaurant in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Get everything there. Knock wood. I haven't had the flu for several years. I had it three years ago. It was awful. Was it right at the beginning of the year? Yeah. I kind of remember that. I mean, it's just like... You had it for like a month. Well, the, that's the other issue is that it, you know, the lingering aspect of it. Some of those strains, man, they just like you get over the high fever part of it, but then you get like bronchitis after it. The one thing, you know, like Jeff and I, were, uh, Mr. Wednesday, were talking about it last Wednesday is when you have kids, you're just always kind of sick, especially if they're in school. I'm never super sick, but I'm always like nursing something. I'm playing hurt almost every day. Because we just get sick and then we just pass it around for weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be like that with us when we were in the smaller studio. Yeah, we did so you close. notice that? Don't you think we don't get sick as much in this studio? It may be. Yeah, because I don't have that to sit be. on Val's lap to do the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> it used to be when someone got sick in the old studio, we everybody. were just screwed like, oh, man. And then we would watch the symptoms. Really? Is that what I'm going to be like on day three? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, but now we have enough separation. It's right. nice. That's why Slack is the boy in the bubble over there. We keep him travolted. He's probably super healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook will like this. It's been named the number one company to work for on Glassdoor's 2018 Best Places to Work list of large U.S. companies. That's more than 1,000 employees. The list is based entirely on employee feedback. Top 10, uh, Facebook, Bain & Company. Uh, is that the company that bought us? Yeah. Well, Bain Capital. Oh, yeah, I thought that's Bain a different and company, company was think. like a bunch of super... Clothing. It doesn't matter uh, what you <laughs> think we do. This is B-A-I-N. Show widgets. Boston Consulting Group, In-N-Out Burger, number four on the list. Yeah. Hey. People love In-N-Out Burger. I mean, people love working there. Yeah, that's yeah. must In-N-Out be Burger's it. great. Google, Lululemon Athletica, HubSpot, Worldwide Technology, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and Ultimate Software is number 10 on the list. I used to make fun of Craig Bingham for wearing Lululemon. I was like, oh, you big, badass ex-stealer linebacker guy wearing Lululemon to the gym. Oh, Then uh, he, he bought me a pair just to <laughs> shut me up. Dude, they're the greatest. I mean, like, I he bought me oh, a pair. Yeah. Somebody like, bought me a shirt. I wear it a lot. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, they are awesome. It's, it's insulting I, how comfortable I, it is. I just they wish they would have come up with something other than Lululemon. There's really no saving grace in no. any of those syllables. No, I think the women just took the guys shopping with them so much there that they were like, I mean, can you come out with a male line here? Come Led on. Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Robert Plant, like right, a silhouette. Lululemon, the juice. <laughs> yeah, Singing right. Led Zeppelin lyrics all night. Uh, some of the smartest people on the planet song. In, uh, include SpaceX founder Elon Musk and physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson believe our lives could all be just a computer simulation run by a highly advanced civilization from another planet. A philosophy professor from Oxford University named Nick Bostrom even wrote a paper about it, arguing that all it takes is computer power. With enough computing power, you can create a realistic universe where anybody inside, uh, where nobody inside, rather, even knows it's a fake. I mean, that's like Donald Sutherland in Animal House. Yeah, that guy's with been Thomas Hulse. taking too much acid. Like, <laughs> so you mean... 
our universe could just be a speck inside of the fingernail of somebody else in some other gigantic universe. It's a pot. I'm pretty sure that's a theme in Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> A Pennsylvania family had an emotional reunion last week when their beloved dog was returned home. They thought it was gone forever after an eagle swooped down and flew away with her. Oh, no way. Monica Newhart says her brother let the family's four dogs out to play in their yard when he noticed an eagle flying around. John Henley. Well, as he stood (laughs) mesmerized by the eagle... The bird swooped down and picked up Zoe, the family's eight-pound Bichon Frise, and flew away with her. Oh, no. Didn't that happen here a couple of years ago with a hawk and, a like, a Yorkie or something? Like, in Green Tree, I think it happened. A hawk took a Yorkie in Green Tree? Well, they, I mean, not, didn't. They almost got Brad Williams. Eat it, but. He was at the improv that weekend, and. <laughs> It's right by the Hayes okay. Bald Eagle Nest. Yeah. The family was shocked and heartbroken. Tim Benz is coming in here later on. Make sure he knows he's well protected, okay? He's wearing lead boots. That's right. Yeah. Despite desperately searching for her, they just assumed that Zoe was gone forever. But two hours later, somebody driving about four miles from their home spotted something white on the road. Christina Hartman said she thought it was just a patch of snow, but then got closer and realized it was moving and it was a little white dog. Apparently it had a few you know, scratches, scratches on its back. Yeah. Uh, Hartman Brought Zoe home with her and then went on Facebook where she discovered the family's post about the dog being snatched away by an eagle. The next day, the woman returned Zoe to her very grateful family. Wow. Like, what happened there? Was even the eagle was like, look, you're just, you're too cute. (laughs) I can't eat you. (laughs) Or was he just like a lazy eagle? Like, oh my God, this is heavier than I thought. Let me go get a field mouse. Gotta watch those little dogs. Did the eagle drop it off at a shelter somewhere? I can't. It's just too much for me to handle. I can't. No. It's it's too much. We talked on Friday about the fact that yesterday was considered kind of like the Super Bowl of online dating. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the day in which people get serious about looking for love. Match.com was predicting a 42% increase in new membership yesterday. But if you didn't get the online dating, uh, get on the train yesterday, still lots of time for you to find love. Experts say there are four tips to stand out when it comes to online dating. The first is to stick to one or two age-appropriate sites. (laughs) Age-appropriate. I would love to know the average lie on on those social dating sites. It's always got to be age, right? Well, that's what I mean. Like the average lie. Like how age. much yeah, how many, they're lying. Right. How many years? How many like, years? Right. If you're in your 40s, you probably shouldn't be on like... Bumble. Coed.com. What is, they, say, they say Bumble. These experts say Bumble is good if you're uh, in your 20s. And that's those, that's the one where girls run, run the whole show. Like I they can shut you down. I, I thought that was like Tinder. No, Tinder's like... Wasn't that the one that Gong was on? Bumble, he, oh oh John, John, yeah, oh in yeah. Chicago, yeah, uh, possibly, yeah. I think you're I think, right. I think that's the app he was on. I'm not for, sure what that is. For those in their 30s and 40s, Match is great, and Our Time and eHarmony a good choice for people 50 and over. So those are your age appropriate sites. Age appropriate. Tip number two, choose a dynamic photo. Experts say 90% of online dating success is based on photos. They recommend you use a photo doing something you enjoy. Riding a dolphin. <laughs> sure. Stalking somebody on Match.com. <laughs> um, our former uh, intern 
Travmar. Now uh, with, uh, you're, you're you know. calling him out. Yeah. Yeah. He sent me a picture. There is a a girl that he found on Bumble, which is a location based one, and it finds people near you. Okay. She is uh, that like Tinder, but with the the edges sanded? It, it, it's it, yeah, it's similar to Tinder, but her profile picture is a picture of her with me. Huh. Whoa. She uh, uh, she won tickets, I guess. I was hosting like a, a watch party for the Stanley Cup final game like two years ago. And her picture is her winning the tickets and me giving them to her and, you know, posing and like, hey. But do, I'm in a picture on a dating website. Do people think that you come with a deal? Is that maybe, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Is that maybe a little uh, confusing? You, get, you go out for a date with her, you get tickets? Yeah. So, fellas, if you're looking for me, I'm 200 Fleet Street. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love it. Tip number three, don't move too fast. Be sure to talk on the phone a few times before you meet in person. And experts say using Google Voice is a way for you to keep your number private. The story on ABC New, uh, abcnewsgo.com says that with Google Voice, you can create an alternate phone number and it can be rela- uh, re- erased at any time. Okay. I've oh, never heard of scary. that. That's yeah. That should be available for everyone. I mean, it is or available. Or not available to anyone, <laughs> depending on who's using it. Yeah, it sounds like... So, I, I think I misunderstand it, but it does seem like it could be used for evil. It's like well, a, sure, a burner yeah. number. Yeah. And finally, don't be too much of a skeptic. Go in with what one dating expert calls psychotic optimism. Don't think, well, if I find love, you should go in and thinking, when I find love. This person 100% is not broken. Let me <laughs> just find love. I'm optimistic. I'm going to find someone who's not a complete emotional mess. You know, in their 40s on social media dating sites. You know, the person who's posting a picture of them getting free tickets as their <laughs> dynamic photo. So good luck. I mean, Good wh- I still there. don't understand why yesterday love. was the day. Well, they say it's because, you know, it's the post-holiday, yeah. you know, all the craziness is over. You kind of settle into the new year. Mm-hmm. and you, you One know, week back in the gym, you, you can button your pants again. Make a resolution to find love this year. I talked to a buddy of mine yesterday who's who's still single and he's, you know, almost 50 and he's like, man, it is, it's brutal out here. It is absolutely <laughs> brutal. It's I a have, wasteland. I, I have mean, friends who have signed up for dating websites and they're like, I'm never, look at all these people. I don't want to go out with this person. I'm like, okay, at the very least, maybe you make some new friends and maybe you meet your person through that person. <laughs> I don't like you, but I'd like to expand. Yeah. You just never know what life has sure. in store for Listen you. Listen to Optimistic Val over hey, there. Be open-minded. I'd like to use you as a reference for <laughs> one of your friends. I don't want to bang you. So much. But I bet you're the ugly friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to get into your like, circle. I looked at your Facebook pictures and uh, some of your friends. You try to set up the first date. Is there any birthday parties or anything <laughs> happening? I, I wish everybody the best of luck. I, I think the, these things have actually helped a lot of people become a lot less lonely later in life when it is super hard and you don't have time, especially when you have kids and you're a single parent. You know, that's a tough situation to be in, man. You don't get to meet other people. The dishonesty is the hard part. Well, I read a story that I had not seen before that was in the L.A. Times. 
Uh, it was called Dirty John. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, apparently it ran. Is that about our bathrooms? No, it's about a guy okay. named John whose nickname was Dirty John when he was at the uh, University of Dayton. But then, at, you know, years later, 30 years later, had reinvented himself 15 different times as all these different people. He's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, just preyed on women and sucked money from them. And then, like, basically would blackmail them online and this horrible situation in that was in Los Angeles and it ran in the LA Times. I mean, it was like uh, it was like a dateline episode mm-hmm. about this dude and it was the same thing he you know, online he completely misrepresented himself said he was a doctor and he wore scrubs all the time. Said he was clean. Yeah. He wasn't. He was dirty. He's dirty John. John. Clean John, if I'm anything. Somebody tweeted us and said one of the most common lies is about height. A lot of people on their lie about their height. That's easy. But that's so easily disproved. I mean, do you think you're never going to meet the person? I'm 6'3". You show up and you're Tom Cruise's height. I'm guessing that's the biggest lie for men. Oh, yeah. Because why would a woman lie about her height? There was that one time that I... Guys never care about that, unless you're (laughs) 6'7". And then it's like an issue, because you don't want to get dunked on. No, you never want to... I always said that. I just want to be competitive in hoops. I don't want to be the other guy in the poster with my girlfriend. <laughs> I I did stumble on one of those dates one time, and it was so bad, and it was clearly like the guy misrepresented himself. And I've seen a couple since where on social media, people are like on Twitter, uh, people are like watching a horrible date unfold. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's I just feel so bad. Like, just, oh man, it'll it gets better. I'll tell <laughs> you what I used to hate whenever the family and friends would tr- try to like set me up with somebody. Oh my oh, god! God, I is there have... anything more uncomfortable? Oh, one of the worst experiences in my life was my brother and sister in law trying to me trying to hook me up with some clown. <laughs> From uh, we went we went to a Penguins game. We played yes. He was literally a clown. We played <laughs> the Capitals. He shows up at a Capitals jersey. All right. See ya. Uh, red First flag. Off, yeah. Number one. And he was just a D-bag. Um, my dad, one time, uh, was in Erie and uh, saw somebody I grew up with. Who's she, She's beautiful. And he's like, I don't understand why you aren't going out with her. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well I don't know, man. Uh, and uh, her her grandmother passed away. And uh, he went to the funeral home. And he sent me a picture from his cell phone. He goes, hey, look who I ran into. She says, hi. The casket was in the background. (laughs) I'm like, you lunatic. Put your flip phone away. Grieve and get out. Condolences. See ya. Uh, I got I got a number on the back of a funeral home business card. I mean, how insane is that? Now, let's say for one second that I that I was interested in doing that. Would I have had any shot in the world if my dad was taking pictures? In, did he in did the he snipe home? the photo or oh, is no. she posing for it? Asked her to pose. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I'm, Hold on, that, that didn't down. take. I'm going to turn the flash on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You completely ruined any chance for a holiday hookup. <laughs> and uh, actor Jerry Van Dyke has died. He passed away Friday at the age of 86. Luther. He reportedly died of heart failure, but his wife said that his health had steadily deteriorated after a serious car accident two years ago. 
he was the younger brother of Dick Van Dyke, probably best known as Luther from the TV series Coach. Oh, he was great in that. And we probably don't have time to get to the Golden Globes. No, we'll do it at 745, though. All right. Uh, forecast today, winter weather advisory, snow and freezing rain, upper 30s for the high snow or rain and upper 20s overnight tonight. It's 33 at DVE. Wild card weekend in the NFL, and the Steelers are playing the Jaguars once again. Michael have that, plus the Penguins in a wild one last night at PPG Paints Arena. Sports next on DVE. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE, and the Jags are coming back to town just like Ben wanted. That they are. The second-round matchups are set. It's going to be Atlanta at Philadelphia at 435 on Saturday. The Atlanta Falcons, by the way, the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs, but the only NFC team that made the playoffs last year to make the playoffs this year. And I got to give Atlanta some credit. I can't imagine what those guys had to deal with individually and collectively after they blew that seemingly unblowable lead in the Super Bowl. And they they got through it. They got on the other side of it. They played a season and qualified, and now they're in the second round, and they got another opportunity. Falcons are the team to keep an eye on. Going a force into, to be reckoned yeah. with. Going into Philadelphia is a favorite. According to ESPN, the first time uh, in history the uh, a number one seed hosting has been an underdog. And that's purely because of Foles. Yes. <laughs> but also because Atlanta, the word's getting out on them, too. People respect that Falcons team, I think. Well, they can run the ball. I mean, that offense is good quarterback. prolific. Uh, Saturday night, 8-15, uh, Tennessee at New England. That'll begin the process of the Steelers' Spotting those a-holes 24 hours. <laughs> I think that was my favorite quote from last year. So they play Saturday night? Yes. Of course. It's the perfect course. time you want to play when it's the bye because you get to play quicker. You know. Yeah. There'll be so much less rust on Saturday night than there will be 12 hours, yeah. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh Sunday, 105 Heinz Field. And then uh, New Orleans at Minnesota, 440 on Saturday. That Saints team has got a lot going on. Saints can run the ball. They have playmakers. They can make splash plays. They got a defense that uh, really a phenomenal job in the red zone yesterday against Cam Newton in Carolina. And oh, could but, not get it in the end zone. Oh, by the way, they got Drew Brees. Oh, boy, he is not beat Carolina for the third time this season. As I like to say, that's only hard to do when you're not better than that team. The th- the ball he threw to uh, Ted Ginn that I think it was right at the beginning of the game. The bomb for a touchdown. Um, yeah, like third drive. There was about seven or eight of those in the Buffalo game that Tyrod just missed. Oh, just missed. missed. Including late. Yeah. I mean, he had guys open. And, you know, you got to have a good quarterback. Because you got to be able Most to take years. advantage of those situations. Yeah. Tony, what did you think about Tony Romo? I so, like him. I don't, I don't agree with him a thousand percent, but I think he brings enthusiasm. I think he brings a great anticipatory knowledge. That's which I like hearing. Like he'll okay if they know where that safety is, if they're seeing what I'm seeing, they're going to throw it here. And a lot of times it happens. I got to tell you, he makes people look really 
inexperienced out there because he knows the the defense so much. You know, he's like, well, you got to throw it in the flat here. I mean, you have to. This guy's going out. You got to throw it to him. Then he doesn't. Then he shows the replay, and the guy's standing there waving yeah. his arms, and Tyrod's not even looking over there. Or even on the, the last drive when he talked about uh, oh, the guy they going long. post route yeah. and Taylor missed it. He's like, he had a touchdown. Yeah, but I, re- I really like a guy who can anticipate in a color roll. That helps keep me in the game, and it gets me kind of paying attention a little more. Yeah, he's going, oh, oh I see something. Because yeah. some people th- are annoyed by that. They're like, oh, shut up. Like, he's trying to fit something in before the play goes off, or he's trying to, like, hog the mic, and he's really just alerting you to the fact that this might go down in the play. Yeah, I kind of like I mean, I, I try to do that when I'm doing color, just on Robert Morris hockey. Right. Hey, this guy's skating well, or this they're doing well below the goal line, or just something to give people something to think about. Look for them to um, do this. You know, because the idea is to try to get ahead of the game a little bit and, and anticipate it. And was it Steve Brayman from ESPN who said that was Tony Romo's best playoff performance? Yeah. That's a great line. Um, he, he's got to live with that. I think know. he's good. I do. I, but I, he's got to learn the rules a little bit. The, yeah, the, the, the time thing at the end of the game, he was a little... You know, he's got people he can ask off mic, hey, is there a runoff here or something? You know, they can get him that information. Yeah, just... Don't just guess. He does need to chill out a little bit. But he's excited. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, he is really good. I think enthusiasm helps. I don't disagree. Not It, it can go too far, but I think the right amount really helps. He will uh, drive me crazy, I'm sure. There are it's some guys that get a little too up. enthusiastic for... I don't know, a pop up to second base. This is a different situation. He's not on the Steeler game. Bills? I saw that. Good. Bills had that yesterday. They had it. They had every opportunity to tie that game. They were pretty competitive. They, they went down. They, they didn't show up just, hey, we suck. I don't know how we got in. We're going to lose. They went for it. Well, and the reason I'm saying that is Jacksonville isn't Horrible. I think everybody's expecting, like, oh, the Steelers are going to mop them up. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't expect a mop. No. I wouldn't expect a loss, but going to have to play well to get it. I mean, Dulac predicted a 20-point win. You know, he'll be on the show later this morning with Stan Savin. 9 a.m. We're going to do a power hour of Steeler talk and break down what lay ahead. Lie ahead? Lays ahead? What's ahead for the Steelers? What's coming up? What's coming up? But uh, I mean, I- if we can get... If we can get- touchdowns instead of field goals in that first meeting that we have with them it's 21 to 7 and not 7 to 9 going into the half and then maybe that second half debacle doesn't happen yeah playoffs you got to get in the end zone man yeah that being said some ridiculous field goal kicking this weekend how many 50 yard plus bombs were there they were trading them in that uh carolina saints game it's just nuts brian for atlanta yeah he's like 40 there was some good stuff going. I like the uh, outside-the-box thinking, too. I know Malarkey got beat up for going for two when he did. Yeah, that was. I, I never I understand why you go until you, ha- until you have to. Be, I'll tell you why, because you think you're going to get it. You that think you got to play, like and you think, you know, they, they screwed it up. But, yeah. uh, and I, I loved what Peyton did yesterday. Fourth down, rather than punt the ball. I couldn't believe he did that. That that I mean, could have cost him the game. It could have won him the game. I got Drew Brees one play and I win. Why would you give the football to Cam? That Newton? guy knocks the ball down instead of intercepting it. Yeah. You're in a, a lot worse situation. You're gonna lose that game. I don't know. I like going for it, and I like trusting your guys that you live and die with that get you there. When you think New Orleans Saints, do you think great defense or do you think Drew Brees? 
I, I totally get your point, but the vulnerability the pl- of that the play situation. Broke. Well, that's why you got those big, big heart coaches that go for stuff. <laughs> big heart, indeed. Something else pretty big, too. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I could go there, so I did. They love them down there, though. I mean, that was a pretty fun game to watch. You know, it's funny. They interviewed one of their players after the game. I forget who it was. Aaron Andrews, one of the defensive guys. And he said, yeah, we started 0-2 and everybody wrote us off. Yeah, we kind of all, oh, they're done. Everyone forgot about the Saints. They're in decline. It's done for Drew Brees and Peyton in New Orleans. No, it's not. No, it's not. Does Cam... Newton get let down by uh, oh, big time. his guys yesterday or big what, time. man? Jeez. I thought he played really well. I like that guy. He's, uh, so he's great for the NFL. He says the wrong thing sometimes, but yeah. so what? Get over it. Yeah, dude, this just in. Yeah, he really, they aren't geniuses he necessarily all the time. Even at the end of the game, I thought the one receiver, was it Funches? Yeah. The, the yeah. lobbing in the end zone, and he sort of... How did he... I mean, all you got to do is come back to that yeah, ball. Yeah, just it, on the ball, and it's a touchdown, right? I thought it was a brilliant throw. Yeah. The, the guy dropped one early. They're... Plant your foot and come back. I did think the grounding call was correct. I know it was close. You have to. I mean, it's grounding. But uh, fun stuff. Now it's uh, going to be Jacksonville. And this, this, should we take a, a pause and come yeah, back? we're taking a pause for the cause. Steelers and the Jags. Hard not to talk about this stuff all the time. No, well, it's the NFL playoffs. I mean, there's nothing better. Oh, yeah, there's also a national championship pretend game tonight. Yeah, the Invitational wraps up The Invitational. (laughs) TV morning show. uh, One more time, uh, back to Mike Pursuta real quick here. Yeah, I just want to get some more uh, reactions to that Jacksonville 10-3 win over Buffalo again yesterday because the guys on CBS kicked it around uh, fairly extensively afterward in, in relation to what it means for Jacksonville coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, Boomer Sice, not a big fan of the way Blake Bortles played yesterday. Now, maybe Blake Bortles channeled his inner Bobby Douglas. And for you millennials out there who don't know who Bobby Douglas is, just Google him because that's what you usually do. But I got to tell you, <laughs> what he decided to do is decided to run with the football. And I think the reason they decided to run with the football, that's the start of the first half. Tony Romo pointed that out. Play action, easy completion over the middle. But I think he really got nervous about throwing the ball and making a mistake and turning the football over. The one good thing I will tell you is that they didn't turn the ball over. Buffalo turned it over twice. And fourth and goal right here. That's a really good fall off of a play-action pass. But at the end of the day, is this good enough to go on the road and beat Pittsburgh? I know that they did it earlier in the year. But I'll tell you guys, this 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 is an offense that is just completely anemic. Just completely anemic. Bobby Douglas, by the way, I'll save you the Google. He was a running quarterback for the Bears in the 70s, early 70s. Wasn't very good, but he was kind of Bradshaw light. He was big, tough to tackle. He could shake the rush and run. Couldn't throw. Up, but he could run. They like, had a statistic the last time, you know, that the, the quarterbacks who have run for more than they pass for, and one of the quarterbacks on the list was Otto Graham. Wow. 88 rushing yards on 10 carries for Bortles yesterday, 87 passing yards on 12 completions <laughs> in 23 attempts. But that Jacksonville defense, no one is questioning that. Uh, here's Nate Burleson and Phil Sims. Phil, we were talking during a commercial break about the blitzes and how many were hitting home and how many was that when they were in the game? Every, they made it, every one. Every time they dialed up a blitz, it got there. Speaking of coordinators named Todd, Todd Haley is going to have his hands full. I know we're going to talk about the skilled players for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you're going to have to call some plays to get these guys open well, because if those DBs are in the area, they're going to pick that ball off. 
Now, that blitz was impressive, but uh, Boomer Sison wasn't buying that as it relates to how that might impact Ben Roethlisberger. Ben will actually see the blitzes coming and actually try to complete some passes down the field. He's not going to hold on to the ball and just try to run away from them all. Yeah. Of course, last time, last time Ben Roethlisberger played that defense, he wasn't feeling too good afterward. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Well, that's exactly why he wanted this team. That was after his five-pick performance in October against the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville also ran for 230 yards, and that had Stephon Tuitt wondering what the hell had just happened. I got to figure out going to lab why they had that. What's going on? Why are they able to run like that? And we can't be coming in week in and week out saying the same stuff about responding. Like, we too good of a team, too many good players to be saying that. We just got to keep it consistent. And when we get on our ride, we're going to ride. But we just got to get on it. They uh, got on it the next week, and they rode for eight consecutive weeks. Well, no uh, Ryan Shazier. And that certainly has made a difference in the past few weeks. So they have righted the rudder considerably. They're still going to have a tough time. They have righted the rudder remarkably. Yeah. A lot of alliteration they, for an anxious anchor. They're giving up a lot of yards on the ground, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, that it's going to be a battle. I mean, Blake Bortles doesn't have to throw for 300 yards for this to be a tight game. I don't think. Just got to not screw up. And uh, Jacksonville's got to run the ball, whether it's Bortles or whether it's Fournette or whether it's both of them. Steelers are a much better team. Steelers should win this game. There is still some vulnerabilities that could be exploited there. They can't stink on defense. They can't have an off day. It's a playoffs. Can't get run on and can't turn the ball over. Right. It's definitely an interesting matchup because it's strength on strength and weakness on weakness. Their offense is their weakness and our defense is the weakness. Our offense is our strength. Their defense is their strength. Do you think Andy Reid screwed that game up on Saturday? <sighs> Boy, it looked like they had it in hand, didn't they, it? We, they, they kind of melted down without Kelsey. And I know a lot of people were saying, how come Hunt didn't get the ball more? Uh, leading rusher in the NFL. But uh, Alex Smith was the leading quarterback in terms of rating. And Tyree kills a splash guy. So, you know, they tried to do what they tried to they tried to do what they tried to do. It just I, I haven't seen a game turn like that in a long time. I think, I think it was the first time a team won on the road after facing an 18-point deficit since 1957. It was 14-0 right away. Yeah, and 21-3. How the hell? I mean, you score zero points in the second half? And I, I know thought... losing Kelsey's a big hit, but come on. Shouldn't just stop you in your tracks if you're. Mariota's touchdown is one of the the coolest looking things I've ever seen. Though, was that legal? I mean, why oh, isn't he was it right at the line? You mean in terms of him stepping over? Yeah. I mean, he I might have challenged it. Looked like his foot was close. on the line. Yeah, it's like it's doesn't like have to first be face. You have to have part of your body on the line. On or over? I thought it had to be over. I thought you were allowed to be on the line. Right. Yeah. It's you, you're. You your can't be body, past the line. Your whole body can be past it, and you can have a toe on the line, and it's good. Okay. Then I think oh, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it's like stretching for a throw from first base. It was good then. I thought his foot was on the line. It's not a break-the-plane thing where it doesn't count. There were a few plays yesterday, particularly in the Bills-Jags game, where it's it like, challenge it, it's getting overturned, and they hurried up and got the next playoff. The refs had another tricky weekend. Boy, I thought the- what? What are you laughing at? Did I phrase that improperly? 
No, there was a the play where Tyrod Taylor was tackled like a yard and a half short of the first down. Of the first down, and right in front of the coaches of the Jags, and they're just like, "Okay, just keep running plays." It was it wasn't Tyrod; it was uh, Shady. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> How the hell? The uh, Do you not challenge that? I thought the KC Tennessee game was really poorly officiated. And uh, <laughs> these he, are, he retired. <laughs> That's how bad it was. That was the guy that threw the uh, his flag into Orlando. Was it Orlando Brown from the? Oh, that guy's eye. Yeah, took his eye out. They had a tough day. That crew. He went it? out on top. Another what is a catch and what isn't a catch weekend and a little too much replay. I'm, the more I watch, I'm I'm fast getting to the point where I'm going to start hoping they just eliminate replay. Human error. Let uh, let it happen. Let it occur. Just get some better officials, try to get them better, and live with what happens. How are they not better? How are they not good? How how do they not know the rules? They almost let a play uh, occur again yesterday without the clock ticking down or taking 10 seconds off. The runoff in the Buffalo game. These guys are... Uh, Must have had Romo. In they're just there. conditioned. Oh, you get a freebie. You get one freebie. Wait they're a just conditioned. You don't get a freebie. Even the touchdown <laughs> that they thought was bobbled. The uh, Jacksonville touchdown, like, you know, you could see the refs telling the guys, like, hey, we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it. Yeah. You know, they're just so used to not having to make a decision on the spot. They're constantly waiting for some sort of validation. What about the interception at the end of the game? They're going over that for five minutes. Were they really? I turned it off. The Jaguars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just turned it. A lot of people were saying it was over, like the, the Jesse James the catch. Jeez, I mean, just... It's too fine. It, it, I, I don't want to watch something happen and then wait for five minutes to see what happened. Why am I watching the game then? <laughs> if somebody's just going to tell me what happened, just put out a report afterward. Well, Ra- they played for three score. hours, and this guy ran for this, and that guy caught that, and here you go. Here's your result. All right, so now you have, as luck would have it for the Patriots, of course they get the, you know, they get the, the Titans instead of the team that gives them trouble. They're the number one seed. They deserve it. And we're spotting those a-holes 24 hours. Another advantage that they earned. Another advantage that they earned by Jesse James not holding on to the ball. But the Steelers get the Jags. Oh, the, I want that game so bad. The Pats. I want to see that game. You so want to see Steelers-Pats, you're saying? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to. Uh, in the NFC, Atlanta goes to Philadelphia, and the Saints. Go to Minnesota. Go to Minnesota. I got the Saints coming out of the NFC. Steelers-Saints Super Bowl. Black and gold and black and gold. There's a chance of that. Oh. It's got to be the Steelers or the Pats, right? It's nobody else. You would think. Can't imagine the Jags or the Titans being able to to pull it off this weekend. <laughs> no. Stranger things have happened. Fowl's got news coming up next. What are you talking about? We're going to talk about the Golden Globes. Oprah's going to be the president. Do you have to wait a full calendar year to get another one? Well, if I get it in January, then do I have to wait till next January? Should I get it at the beginning of the flu season? Does it matter? Should I get it at Rite Aid? Giant Eagle gives you, I think they give you like some points on your card. You can get it at Giant Eagle too? Yeah. Really? Flu perks. They just bend you over right in the uh, pharmacy. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. How many points is that? 
Oh, man. <laughs> Everybody else gets the points. Do they have a self-serve flu shot <laughs> aisle, too, like they do for groceries? <laughs> if you don't want to wait in the line. Oh, if you want to jab yourself, go right ahead. You do me, I'll do you. Yeah. Does Starbucks have a flu shot latte or something? They do, yeah. Maybe just... You have to bend over. Uh, oh, <laughs> really? It's just, it's, they administer it, yeah. Do they at least sit them in the rim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. It's nice. A little nutmeg on your nutmeg. (laughs) Randy Bauman and the DVE. By the way, uh, cinnamon on the rib made me think of Greg Warren. He's going to be coming up uh, in town. He'll be at Club Cafe January 27th, and then he'll be hanging in the studio with us. Awesome. Leading up to that. Because seeing Greg. Yeah, he always likes to have those beers with the cinnamon on the rim. Yeah. Have a little cinnamon on the rim. Ooh. He's a big cinnamon on the rim guy. Loves. A little, uh, little accoutrement on the rim. What do you got, pal? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Snow and freezing rain for much of the area during the course of the day today. Travel will be bad at times. High temperature 38. Tonight some flurries or drizzle will drop to 28 and then mostly cloudy 39 on Tuesday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 32 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The lawyer for former Leechburg Police Chief Mike Diebold is hoping to get him out of jail soon. In an interview with the Tribune Review yesterday, Duke George said he is surprised by the $500,000 bond, saying no one can come up with half a million dollars. Diebold was arrested Friday at a Sheets in Lower Borough while allegedly trying to connect with someone he thought was a 14-year-old girl he met on the internet. George says the way prosecutors have represented the online act Activity is not the way it happened. Diebold's wife, meanwhile, says she is devastated and blindsided after her husband's child sex-related charges. In an emailed statement, Danielle Diebold says the actions of Mike Diebold are not consistent with the man she knew. There were more headaches for travelers at one of the country's busiest airports following days of delays and cancellations due to record-breaking cold and a blizzard in the Northeast. Well, that a water main burst inside JFK International Airport in New York on Sunday, flooding the terminal and forcing travelers to evacuate into the cold. International flights were temporarily suspended. Uh, passengers who had already arrived were diverted to other terminals. Equipment did have to be shut down and passengers were unable to retrieve their baggage. Others were stuck waiting for hours on planes. Operations are slowly getting back to normal today, but there are still delays. Lifetime, a fitness club with 128 locations throughout the U.S. and Canada, has announced it is banning all cable news channels at all of its clubs. The company made its decision after getting a bunch of complaints from customers about televisions at the gym, so showing Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and any other 24-hour cable news networks. According to Lifetime, many customers felt being bombarded with news and politics while trying to work out just didn't fit a healthy lifestyle. Well, that's why you go to the gym to get away from the news. Yeah, my gym has four TVs on Fox, and that, like, so it's just it's all Fox. But um, so and do you I just run really fast. I don't think that <laughs> in the other direction. <laughs> I, I, I think all public televisions, like restaurants. Bars, if you have a TV. Should be the Weather Channel. No, the Gorilla Channel. Nothing but the Gorilla <laughs> Channel. 24-7. ESPN, games, something. All like, day. My gym usually has Sports Center yeah. or Ellen. Right. <laughs> you know, like. Ellen. I, I watch Ellen. I'd love to see Ellen do Sports Center. 
you know, that, that'd be something I, I could get into. My gym does Dr. Phil and Fox. <laughs> it's your, your favorites. <laughs> Two of your all-time favorites. Yeah. Well, that just ensures that I'm not... Lollygagging. Yeah, I'm not... I'm, I just can't wait to get out of there. Take care of business, That's get right. out. Get out. I read that article and connected to it is another article about a y, YMCA... Is that what it is? Yeah, YMCA in Scranton closed down because... Or stopped showing news channels because people literally fought. Oh, that... I'm surprised it doesn't happen at every gym. Me too. Uh, if that's what they're showing. Yeah, you don't want to rile people up when they're at their most gorilla-like. Well, you I know, f- like everybody's pumping iron. And don't doesn't <laughs> exercise a lot of, like, you clear your head when you act like, like it helps you to push everything out. There are some people who, you know, I, I think that there's been a turn in the tide in the last year or so where before you could just sort of, you know, argue that, well, I want to stay informed and, you know, this is the middle of my work day and I want to see what the market is doing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, for the more business-minded person, that was an asset. But now that whole culture has become so toxic that if I owned a place, I honestly, it would be nonstop out my balls or the Gorilla <laughs> Channel. <laughs> Uh, a small fire on the roof of Trump Tower sending black smoke several blocks over Manhattan. The New York City Fire Department says a fire appears to have been started in an electrical box. There are no reports of injuries or evacuations at the 58-story high-rise on Fifth Avenue. And Trump's not there, right? He is not there. Say maybe he had one too many hair dryers fired up. <laughs> And on a day when women were supported by the industry with the Time's Up movement and everyone wearing black in solidarity and making note of it on the red carpet and in acceptance speeches, yet another celebrity has been accused of sexual harassment. This time it's Ben Vereen. The claims stem from Ben Vereen overseeing a 2015 Venice, Florida production of Hair. The stage and screen veteran who played Claude in the show's original 1968 Broadway run is said to have forced unwanted kisses, hugged aggressively, and stripped naked during an acting exercise. One woman says she was asked to perform oral sex. Uh, Cast members also allege Vereen made degrading comments about their weight, sex appeal, and personal lives. Some of the incidents took place at Vereen's rental home near the theater where during quote-unquote private rehearsals, he allegedly uh, pushed his private parts against the female actress's Mm. legs without warning. Hey, watch uh, where you're dipping your (laughs) pippin. He uh, coerced them to get in the hot tub with him. Vereen did issue an apology uh, via (laughs) New York's Daily News. He also tweeted at Ben Vereen a longer statement that includes the comment, Quote, I'm not going to make any excuses because the only thing that matters here is acknowledging and apologizing for the effects of my conduct on the lives of these women, end quote. I'm just picturing Ben Vereen in a hot tub going, come on. What do, what do I know him from? Dude, you know Ben Vereen. Everybody oh, yeah, does. I know. Yeah. He looks familiar, but I just can't remember what I've seen him in. Love Boat. He was on every 80s sitcom as a guest star at some point, too. Mm-hmm. Was he in some kid's? Something. Oh, he might have been like Thomas and the Train type thing or something like I that. Sesame was... Street. Sesame Street? He did a Sesame Street guest stop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't uh, know what he did to Big Bird. I think, uh, hopefully nothing. I think Pippin was like his big like break on Broadway, was it not? I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, do we have time? Yeah, to God, yeah, yeah, do that. All right, yeah. uh, Golden Globes last night. Big winners were Big Little Lies and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Both won four awards, including Nicole Kidman. Uh, she won for Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV Movie. Oh, first cab off the rank. Yikes, that means my daughters are still awake. So, Sunny, Faith, I love you. I'm bringing this home to you, babies. Um, thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press. Um, for supporting us. Thank you to HBO Richard Pepler for supporting and committing to us. And when I say us, I'm talking about Reese Witherspoon and myself. We did this because of our friendship, our creative union, and our support of each other. And I love you. Alexander Skarsgård got Best Supporting Actor. By the way, that acceptance speech was about 15 minutes long. because they. I thought they did let her go on a long time. Well, because she was the first one of the night. They were just talking about how women had been marginalized in Hollywood for 10 minutes, and they can't be like, all right, get off the stage. No, 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 get off the stage. All women were going to have a free pass to talk as long as they wanted last night. They were not going to play her off. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård got Best Supporting Actor in a TV series, limited series, or TV movie for Big Little Lies. I have a friend who is eight years old, and he was uh, perplexed when I didn't thank him at the Emmys. I will not make that mistake tonight. Aston Larson, this is for you. Um, I also want to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press Association for this honor. I am here tonight because I had a privilege of working with a group of extraordinarily talented women. That was a horrible character, but he was great. I never saw it. You yeah, like the you, show a you, lot. You got, you got to go yeah, back and watch Yeah, that's your show. I got to see that now. Laura Dern won Best Supporting Actress for Big Little Lies. Thank you, HFPA, for the honor of joining in the company of these extraordinary fellow nominees who inspire me so deeply. And namely, to the brilliant Shailene, Zoe, Reese, and Nicole, my new family, to our fearless leader, Jean-Marc, to HBO and to our magical producers and especially for caring so much to make things work so that I could be part of this. I'm so forever grateful. And the cast of I Big love Little Laura Lies, Dern. Uh, they accepted together. Uh, they got the Golden Globe for Best Limited Series or TV Movie. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. This show is so much about uh, the life we present to the world that could be very different than the life we live behind closed doors. So I want to thank everyone who broke their silence this year and spoke up about abuse and harassment. You are so brave. And hopefully shows like this, more will be made. So people out there who are feeling silenced by harassment, discrimination, abuse, time is up. We see you. We hear you. And we will tell your stories. James Franco won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Comedy or Musical for The Disaster Artist. 19 years ago, he was stuck in traffic from the Golden Globes. He said to his best friend, Greg, Golden Globes, so what? I'm not invited. I know they don't want me, guy with accent, long hair, so I show them. I don't wait for Hollywood, I make my own movie. I'm very happy to share this moment with him today. Thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press for all your support over the years. He, he was really trying to take the mic there. Tommy was always... Yeah. yeah, that was the funniest thing. We were cracking up at that watching it. Serena and I were just sitting there like, he just told a story about how this guy got snubbed and then stiff-armed him when he tried yeah. to go for the mic. <laughs> well, James Franco taken to task on Twitter after his award uh, for some of his predatory behavior. Yeah, uh, don't forget, yeah, that guy is trying to get like a teenage girl to come to his room. Yeah, 17-year-old girl and... 
some other alleged things. He <clears throat> allegedly tried to grab a girl's head in a in a car and ram it in his crotch. And Jeez. whoa! So not not uh, well. Kirk Douglas too. Kirk Douglas was honored last night, and there's you know story about him with Natalie Wood from years ago. Uh, of how many years ago? Like a hundred years ago. <laughs> I mean, someone said, probably oh, I feel so bad. 170? It's like 101. Someone said, Oof. somehow, he looks bad for 101. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I felt terrible laughing at they that. they brought him out there to, uh, to introduce Dunkirk. Like, <laughs> this is Kirk Dunn. Kirk's done. He's introducing Dunkirk. Uh, yeah, that poor guy. Oof. I mean, he's uh, he's a legend and everything, but a lot of people were saying, hey, again, that was another guy who was embroiled in controversy on a night when they were trying to illuminate that issue mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Uh, Why and, was you know, he there again? I don't remember. I, I don't just know. was like, oh, I was in and God. out of that show a little bit yeah, last night. Too. Hashtag Me Too didn't exist back then. No. No. Uh, best drama, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Francis McDormand won best. Manesson's own. Um, Sam Rockwell got best supporting actor for that, and uh, Lady Bird best musical or comedy. Saoirse Ronan for Lady Lady Bird best actress. Lady Bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally uh, different movie. Different Allison movie. Janney, Terrible. I Tanya, which you said you loved. Uh, well, here's she it, got best supporting. It's actress. the only movie I've seen that was being nominated. I, so I wanted to win everything. It was so good. Was it good? Oh, my God. I thought it was just going to be, like, trashy and whatever. Like, it is such a funny movie, and the way it is shot and the way it is written, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I mean, she grew up. Somebody tweeted she was, like she a- was our uh, our OJ. Like, she was total white trash, poor, and I forgot. Like, they hated her because she was, like, an outsider. Yeah, and she Not knitted her own kid, yeah. outfits because she didn't have money and stuff, so she looked a little trashy. She wasn't graceful. She was all about athleticism, right. jump and spin around as many times as you can. She mm-hmm. did the triple, which nobody could do, and she would just like rock the triple, and everyone would be like, oh, my God. And she was like a football player, like, yeah. But those bangs were atrocious. <laughs> well, just everything. But I, she had a horrible upbringing. She had a terrible life. Mm-hmm. And that movie is like all about that. And Allison Janney is her mom. Is so good. I mean, again, not for the faint of heart, but uh, I really liked that movie so much more than I thought I was going to. And uh, I love this guy, so I want to play him, his acceptance. Sterling K., uh, Sterling K. Brown got the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV Drama for This Is Us. Uh, he's the first black actor to win the Best Actor Award at the uh, Golden Globes. Throughout the majority of my career, I have benefited from colorblind casting, which means, you know, like, hey, let's throw a brother in this role, right? It's always really cool. But Dan Fogelman, you wrote a role for a black man. Like, that could only be played by a black man. And so, what I appreciate so much about this thing is that I'm being seen for who I am and being appreciated for who I am. And it makes it that much more difficult to dismiss me or dismiss anybody who looks like me. So, thank you, Dan. Did anybody see when the German guy won later in the show for Best Foreign Film? He brought up Diane Kruger with him and he goes, and he's like, ah, I couldn't believe it. He looked like, uh, he looked like a Pixar animation uh, figure come to life. He had like a five o'clock shadow. It looked like his beard was growing while, like, <laughs> in, during the, his speech. And, oh, he is German. And he's yeah. like, oh, I want to thank uh, uh, Warner Brothers. Hey, if you see a cop, Warner Brother. He like made a joke. Oh, <laughs> if you what? see a cop, Warner Brother. It fell flat. It was like... Pfft. 
just, just the air. I, just it was funnier in German. It rhymed in German <laughs> in his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thought, and he thought it was gonna kill, and it was just everyone's like, "Oh, dude, oh, that was, oh no, not tonight. Oh god." <laughs> Hey, if you see a cop, warn a brother. Forecast today, winter weather advisory, snow and freezing rain temperatures in the upper 30s, snow or rain in upper 20s overnight tonight. It is 32 at DV. And then next they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Oprah, <laughs> who goes up and talks about Sidney Poitier. By the way, the Oprah speech, nine and a half minutes long last night, mm-hmm. she could have led them in the battle. There is no doubt. That was... A ridiculously powerful speech. Sounds like a TED talk. I think the Oprah for President signs were being printed immediately after her speech. It was like her Democratic National Convention. This was her <laughs> moment, like Obama yeah. seized. <laughs> somebody, in advance. somebody uh, said or asked Stedman if she was running for president, and he said, "Well, she certainly is not opposed to it. It'd be up to the people." Uh, so, and I mean, also up to Gail. Oh I mean, she has to obviously <laughs> confer with Gail. First Lady Gail, First Lady Stedman. <laughs> oh no, Stedman, no. He's Stedman. I, I still don't. He's going to do the Melania thing and just stay in Chicago. <laughs> He's not coming He's to the say White Trump House. Tower, Chicago, yeah. the whole time. But uh, that was the talk of the Globes last night. Was Oprah's speech, and uh, apparently everybody's going to be wearing the Oprah glasses going forward. Did you? Uh, I mean, did you enjoy watching it last night? I mean, I watched it. I didn't see anything. Like, I've seen some of the TV shows. I thought it was great when NBC in the the very beginning on the car, but I turned over right after the end of the football game, and they were interviewing Justin Timberlake and uh, and Jessica Jessica Biel Biel, because she was nominated. Mm -hmm. So she's nominated. They quickly ask her about her nomination. Then they go to JT, like, you're playing the Super Bowl, and you have a single out and everything. And he's like, what's going on? Talk about that. And so he starts talking about it, and I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, you can't talk. You have to just say, this I'm is here all my about my wife. Yeah. Right. So he's, he realizes it about, you know, 30 seconds in. He's like, wait, you know, this is all about her. I'm just glad to be here with her tonight. And then Carson Daly spends, like, 30 seconds talking about how great Justin Timberlake is for just honoring his wife and not taking the opportunity to promote himself. They spent more time talking about how great Justin Timberlake was for not promoting himself than they did with Jessica Biel, who was nominated. (laughs) He was trying so hard to honor her. And good for him. And but good, I mean, it was a real task. The red carpet is a nonstop train wreck. Oh, and especially it's last just, night. Oh. Well, last night a lot of the a, a lot of the females brought activists with them, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's wearing black, so it's like it can't be the traditional floozy fun train wreck that it usually is. It's like, you know, Al Roker asking some activist what the time is up means to her right and it's just like oh my god and deborah messing gets interviewed by e she's like oh e i'm so sorry to hear that you won't pay women equal uh, to the oh. the way you pay men because one of their anchors is gone because she was like unfairly yeah, treated Kat she got paid like uh, like uh, about half of what her male co-host got paid yeah so she's like we stand with cat sadler it's like oh that was awkward good for her that's what I kind of thought. Like, yeah, they're like, uh, we we're gonna e. throw it to Snooky, who's standing <laughs> with 
Who who is it? Denzel. Oh, oh Denzel and a couple of activists. It's gonna turn into Richard Sherman Snooki? with Aaron Andrews in a second here. By the way, did you see Denzel's face during uh, Oprah's speech last night? He had his head in his hand and he was looking up at her like, I mean, I heard this so many times before. I mean, here she goes again. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I don't know, like, with those kind of actors, like, I don't know if he was really taking it in or if he just hated it. Oh, no, he's like, I'm know? Gone, he's probably gone to dinner with her and heard her talk that way about, like, the salad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim Benz is with us. I'm going to take a commercial break, Benzie, if you yep. don't mind. We'll come back. We're talking football. Prasuta will join us. Uh, Wild Card Weekend sets the uh sets the schedule for this coming uh Saturday and Sunday. Pats don't have to face the Chiefs. They'll get the Titans Steelers with the Jags at home. Ben gets his wish. All the details when we return. DVE Sports. Tim Ben's hanging out with us here. Mike Pursuit with your sports and the uh slate is set for this coming weekend's playoff matchups between the Steelers and the Jags. Jags get past the Bills somehow. The Bills mafia Infiltrates Jacksonville, but alas, well, they, they were probably right at home there. Trash. Is that what you're yeah. insinuating? Yeah, I think they Alabama invaded by Bills Mafia. It, it just seems right. Lot. That's the uh, Bills Mafia Riviera, Jacksonville. Yeah, <laughs> vacation <laughs> spot. The NFC matchups, uh, of course, uh, Saints are going to be going to Minnesota. Atlanta is going to be going to Philadelphia, and. Um, the, the Patriots don't have to deal with perennial, you know, pain in the butt Chiefs. Yeah, I know. think they were off. I think Kansas City was 4-4 four and four against uh, New England in the Brady-Belichick era. Always gives them fits. But now they face, you know, Marcus Mariota and the Titans and probably not going to be that big of a challenge. I think they felt like they won the Super Bowl, don't you? Yeah. I mean, oh, like yeah. Mariota oh, catching yeah. his own touchdown pass was their immaculate yeah. reception. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Like New England sitting back eating popcorn, just laughing at this, saying, I, Oh, I can't, we got another bye. They have two buys into the AFC championship. Got a hard time thinking Tennessee's going to be able to keep up with New England. I think then New again, England I had a, puts, puts I had, up scores early and takes a run out of the game. I had a hard time thinking Tennessee would be able to keep up with Kansas City. See, well, I thought they, that one might were. be a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah, for a while in the they first were. half, they were getting blown out. But I, Belichick's thinking now, oh, Dick LeBeau defense, where have I beaten this before? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Andy Reid really deserves all the crap he's getting. They had an 18-point lead at, at home. home. At Would you have considered punting there at the end of the game for Kansas City? I can't remember the exact. With well, the fourth and nine, where they tried to force the ball down the middle of the field, they had three touchdowns left. Or sorry, three timeouts left. They had a little over. They had the two minute yeah. warning left to go. I don't know that they're stopping their running game at that point. Maybe they're not, but you know that's, yeah, that's Henry a hard, was running downhill. That's a hard yeah. throw for him to make. In it that is, situation. but you know you got Alex Smith, you got those playmakers minus Kelsey. Yeah, without Kelsey, that's another yeah. reason why I was thinking about it. Their defense. I, if you're trusting them to do anything, you're. You, you might, might be Andy Reid. You might be urinating up yeah. a rope. Did Kelsey want to come back in that game? I don't know. Because I'm sure he did. I um, mean, yeah, I, I didn't know if he was like fighting to get back in. I mean, there were a couple of shots this weekend where guys kept playing where you thought, too like, too bad he didn't oh, have man. Newton on the back of his jersey, then he would have been allowed to continue Cam, playing. That, that was the one. I mean, Cam Newton. Yeah, God, he got knocked out. What he got something in his eye. The Steelers did that with Roethlisberger once before. He got hit in the head and stayed in the game because he had something <clears throat> in yeah, his eye. Right. They did the same thing with Newton yesterday. Kelsey was out on his feet, though. 
And if they're going to be serious, I mean, I'm of two minds of this. Like, you're, if they're going to address the dangers in the NFL in terms of head injuries, when a guy, like, is reaching for his head and is stumbling as he gets up, I mean, that guy probably shouldn't go back in the game, even if he's like, okay, no, I'm good, like 10 minutes later. But, you know, it is also, it's football. It is a brutal sport, and either... I don't know. What's well, the frustrating it's, part about it is they make different rules to protect the quarterbacks, but then they have different rules to allow the different standards to allow the quarterbacks to stay in the game. Like you see the Penn State game, even Trace McSorley gets hit in the head in his bowl game. He's rolling around the field trying to draw a call. So the suggestion is, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, and then he just stays in the game afterwards after there was no call. You know, like, and I yeah. know college rules are different, but if we're going to pretend that we're going to care about these things, let's yeah. apply the pretending that we care to all positions and not just non-QBs. And Marcus Mariota got probably you know another four yards uh, on one or two carries when he had taken off out of the pocket uh, because you can see guys are like pulling up the sideline. Yeah, they're they're because they don't want to get called if he goes into the slide. It's 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 a difficult thing to balance did you see yesterday when tyrod taylor went into the slide and one of the jacksonville players smashed him in the head yeah well that's what led to the tony romo thing with the runoff right yeah the bills mafia was madder at romo than they were at the officials for the jalen ramsey call at the end of the game how can you talk about the runoff when he's laying there dead on the field i mean like if you just no one even cared about his analysis being right or wrong or not noticing that the runoff Mm -hmm. had occurred they were just mad that he was talking about it while tyrod taylor was being tended to do you, Mike, do you think the NFL this weekend, like what grade would you give them in terms of officiating and in terms of people not really, you know, because what you don't want is to come out of the weekend of the wild card games and the narrative is, well, the refs screwed all these games up. Yeah, I don't think they screwed them all up. I thought the triplet crew had a real bad day Yeah, in the Kansas City, Tennessee That guy retired game. at the end of it. Uh, the rest of it I didn't think was uh, an issue. I'm getting a little weary of all the replays. Here's well, what I, a lot, isn't everything it? at the end of a game now is. You know, a good and easy way, an easy way to get rid of like the concerns about replay. Don't mandate replay on all scoring plays and all turnovers. I agree. Like that's where it's getting thick right now. Is that the cameras are catching stuff the other team, the offended team, in the call doesn't even think should be debated. They're not challenging. They're not asking for right. it. Yeah. And then the cameras are catching it, and that's where the debate is being turned into. Even at the end of the game with the Jalen Ramsey pick, no one on the Buffalo sideline. Yeah, that was. I mean, to me, that was ridiculous. It, it, it's a pick. The yes. game's over. Let's move on. That should have been a pick. It yeah. should have been a catch for Jesse James. It should have been a catch for Benjamin. And now we're splitting the hairs in between. Like, I'm glad Ramsey got credit for that. He should have. But it's no different than Jesse James or Kelvin Benjamin. And the, the, the continuous thread between all three plays is that the other sideline didn't even think that they had been robbed mm-hmm. until the cameras came along, and now we're parsing rules on all. Okay, now we're upset because the rules are inconsistent. Yeah, well, and if, if you're going to have inconsistency on video, then what's the difference if you get it wrong in the live eye? At least right. then we all move on quicker and human error play the game. Yeah. Uh, when the Mariota touchdown happened, my buddy's like, oh, well, this is going to take about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a, I got on the – now, I know Tyrod Taylor got hurt, and that took a, some time, but I got on the treadmill in my basement yesterday with uh, just over six minutes left in the Buffalo-Jacksonville game, and I hit the 30-minute mark before the game ended. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's too long to play six minutes of football. And, I, again, there was a, a, a delay in there, but – 
even if Taylor hadn't got hurt, it still took too long. Did Tony Romo give you a freebie at any point during your treadmill exercise? Yeah, he, he said I didn't have to go ahead and do the yeah. next uh, phase. You, you get know. a freebie. You, know, you don't cha- have to go up the hill. You get a freebie it on It changes that one. on you, you know, when you have the thing do, the, do its own workout. It, it just stayed flat. I, I think Tony Romo is really good. He just needs to settle down. Yeah, and just you know, bone up on the rules a little bit. He stunned Jim Nance into silence with that one. Nance is like thumbing for freebie. What the hell is he talking about freebie? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. No. Then he came uh, back. Did you he, get a freebie? He came back and said, "Oh, there's no freebie. You know, we're talking about freebie, not we, Tony. You were talking." Yeah, I about liked it. how he did that too. He goes, "Jim, you know how you and I were just discussing freebie." He's like, <laughs> "Jim's like, what's this we stuff, white man?" Yeah. You like, know, Jim. I'll tell you what, the- you know, we never won a playoff game ourselves. <laughs> Actually, that is true. Neither of us have won a playoff game, Tony. I thought it was wildly compelling for a wild card round, though. Oh my God! Yeah, really all good. of the games. Really, uh, if anything, ev- ev- going down to the wire. Uh, you know, the Rams. If the guy catches the damn thing in the end zone, they've got timeouts left, and that's still at issue. And uh, Carolina came so close to stealing that game from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, and I, the Buffalo Jacksonville thing was not an artistic success, but it was there was tension. Well, that that Jagoff Pereira was uh, praising all the officiating. So it was a great weekend for officiating. He does anything he can to protect the officials. And one area where hey, he, Why does he do that? He's well, not he affiliated anymore, right? He didn't call anything. Like, well, it's like a hockey mentality. Well, if you don't call anything, it must have been a really well officiated game. You know where that's going to come into play? Sunday here. Those cornerbacks for Jacksonville? Oh man. Get they are the new Legion of Boom. The new Richard pretty, Sherman. They get grabby. away with yeah. everything. That's going to frustrate people at Heinz Field. There'll be a lot of complaints about that Monday, win or lose. Those two guys grab hold, and they have reputation on their side. They get away with everything. They're that good, so they can do it. Yes, right. If there's a good aspect to that, or if something's in favor of the Steelers uh, uh, getting those calls, is that A.B.'s escapability in those situations necessitates these guys really making overt grabs. Yeah, if they reach and pull the jersey, then yeah. But even Jalen Ramsey got there early on the deflection to catch the ball in the first place. And I think Bouye got away. I think it was Bouye got away with one in the end zone too earlier in the game. I know that was a great play by Ramsey, but Peterman lobbed that ball out there and looked over there, like you know, thought about it, then lobbed it. He clearly was not ready to do that. He did get him that first down, and you thought for a second, "Oh, oh, this could be interesting." I didn't think that for a second. The quarterbacking in that game was, was yeah. with, with, when Peterman came in. I thought that was that. <laughs> the quarterbacking in that game was like the goaltending last night in the Penguin game. It was just. <laughs> All right, awful. let me let me take a other quick than the break. great Matt Murray. Yeah, well, he came in. Yeah, the, the starting goaltending. How about that? What what was up with that, by the way? What him Sto- starting? Yeah, he mean. just had two uh, like you know great starts in a row. I guess I don't know. It tells me two things: is Sullivan's displeased with Murray, and that he is not near panic mode yet. That he didn't go into that game like, oh, we got to win this and get these points. I don't know. Tristan, I mean, there was a great article uh, in the Post-Gazette yesterday about how well he'd been doing and how much confidence that Coach Sully has in him. And then... uh, (laughs) Give him the hook! He he dropped a nickel. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, folks. Matt All right, quick break. Come back. We'll talk more. (laughs) Steelers. Jags. A water in my car this weekend that just became that ice ball. The block of ice. It was so flipping cold Friday night and Saturday. How cold was it? Val had to do a remote at uh, the RV show. The, yeah, how'd that at go? The convention center. It was good. Yeah. It was packed. I want to go to people that. people thinking about summer. Yeah, I want to go that. You going to get an RV? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Nice. You can't, it. Like a camper or something, you know. Yeah. Trying to take adventures with the kids. Nice. Oh. Get out in the country. 
rent, yeah. rent. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you want to do is get your family in a confined space for a long period of time. Why don't you run a cat <laughs> right on top of each other? Actually, now that you mention that, it was brutal this weekend. We didn't go outside. Because it was like negative five. I snowshoed through Randy's hometown <laughs> on the way up Here's to Syracuse. PA. Yeah, boy, if it warms up Oof. up there like it's supposed to here, a lot of that stuff melting is going to be really hard to deal with. I mean, you know, when I I think you went to Syracuse to see the game this yeah. past weekend. So the, those are the two top snow accumulation uh, towns in the country. Erie had a hundred and some as of uh, New Year's, and in second place was Syracuse, and they had like. 50. Yeah, we don't have that many bars around campus anymore, so now people were funneled into three bars in their parkas, uh, just elbow to elbow, nonstop for like, you know, two hours before the game. Why don't you have that many bars anymore? Uh, we just, our students just stay in the dorms and get high and take <laughs> pills and stuff like that, so, you know. Cool. We're, Syracuse. We're, yeah, we're millennial student body now. Yeah. We don't go out and okay, booze anymore. Yeah. Great education. Um, <laughs> Steelers, Jags. Now, Ben said he wanted this rematch. Five interceptions, two picks for uh, touchdown, two pick six. I mean, that was the game. Fournette breaks off that 90-yarder at the end uh, of uh, the game and you know, what could be considered garbage time, I guess, because it was kind of over. Yeah, uh, so that up their rushing total from 140, which is too many. Right. To two thirty, to way too is, many, which is way too many. Don't don't think like oh, other than that ninety yard run, they did well against the run because they did not. Sort of the Neil Huntington school of playing defense. If you subtract those two big runs, yeah, yeah, but it, you can't. And so, what's different this time for the Steelers defensively? I mean, other than Fournette seems to have slowed down a little bit. Well, the biggest defense is that Ryan Shazier's not there anymore, right? But we have Hayden. Well, he was there? Do we, do we, we have Hayden the first time we saw these guys? Yes, I believe. Was so. he in the lineup though? In week five, or Why was he hurt? Been, he wasn't hurt in week five. I don't. No, think. he started. Yeah, he started. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I I think the big thing is you know the way the guys were talking. I talked to Tua and I talked to Cam Hayward this week. I did a story about it today for the Trib. In fact, that very thing you brought up, Randy. It's not just Roethlisberger that wants these guys again. It's the run defense that wants them again. Yeah. And they said we went back and looked at the film. We were not getting blown off the ball. It's gap control. It's cutbacks. It's lanes. You know, the holes that are naturally created by there's only so many guys you can put on a field, they exploited every single one of them as opposed to getting pushed back and shoved off mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. You know, that sounds like, okay, we're, we were more manly than they were because they, yeah. they didn't move us. Well, you got to get in the hole and stop them from cutting back then. But mm-hmm. And there's some truth to it insofar as, like, Chris Ivory had 40 yards rushing, half came on one carry. Leonard Fournette had 180, half came on one carry. Yeah. Steelers didn't do much against the Raiders in 72 except for that immaculate reception play. Yeah, you know you got you, which won the game, you, right? You, you can't subtract yeah, the big you can't plays to pick out the ones that didn't work and say, "Oh, but except for this, guys." Yeah, if we don't have those three losses, we're undefeated. This yeah, there you go. Honestly, that that yeah, thinking, right? Mike, you made a good point earlier, though. Mary, uh, um, uh, Bortles running for more than he threw for yesterday, and that's the one that concerns me because the the Steelers rush the passer very well, but you got to be disciplined on this stuff. You can't let him get into a lane and run. He's going to be looking to do that. And what was he against the Steelers rushing-wise? One for nine in game one? Something like that? I don't think he ran for all that much, right? Bortles? Yeah, I don't one for nine. Like one for nine. Yeah, see, now that's, that's maybe where Shazier's absence comes into play. Not so much you know, the cutbacks of Fournette, because that's always been a weak point for Shazier anyway, is that he over-pursues on the, on the stretch plays. Like when he's not play. playing well. But right, when, he's, yeah. when he's playing well, he eats that stuff up. But, but he, he also, when the quarterback tries to scramble, I yeah. think he's a big His deterrent for speed. that. If yeah. they go hell-bent after Bortles and don't have the discipline, then he's going to hurt him running. And uh, you know, moving the chains on a third down is... is 
sometimes game changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they got to rush him, but they got to rush him with a purpose and just constrict, as opposed to trying to get in there and have eight sacks and you know dominate. Just play play effectively. Don't let him beat you with his legs. He's probably not going to beat you with his arm. No, he's not. I don't think so. I I thought he was he was so inaccurate. You were talking Ooh. about Tyrod Taylor oh. being inaccurate over the weekend. So was uh, Bortles. Too. I would take Tyrod over Bortles in terms of. But I'll give you like throwing ability. We heard the boomer clip today when he right. talked about that three game stretch in December when he really looked good. And I, against Indianapolis, Seattle, and Houston, December the third through December the seventeenth. Now these were all home games, so they had an advantage there. But Seattle and Houston are purported to have pretty good defenses. Colts are a mess. In those three games combined, Blake Bortles went sixty five and ninety one, which is seventy one point four percent. For 903 yards, seven touchdowns, and no interceptions, and Jacksonville scored at least 30 points in every game. So there's something in there. I mean, it's not inconceivable that he could have a day. I don't anticipate it, but I remember. But watching- isn't that doing the, the what we were just doing with the? If you take this away, if you take, I mean, th- a three game stretch. We're talking about the whole season here? Oh, I'd still take away whatever you can from the run game yeah. and force him to try to beat you, especially if you think Hayden's as good yeah. as But, I mean, do, it's, you know? it's not inconceivable that he would have a day. It, it's, he, he's done it before, not often, but it has happened. Um, I saw the Houston game because the Texans played the Jaguars before the Texans played the Steelers, so that was the game I watched. Are you going Jaguars the whole week, Houston. by the way? Should I prepare myself for that? I just like okay. – they, they get so – they get their panties in a bunch if you say <laughs> if you say Jaguars. So well, I either, that's not how you say it. I either say that's well, what I say. That's, that's what, what everybody say. says though. Jaguars. So I either say Jaguars or I overpronounce you ours. Just to make sure you're in the right. Just say hey, yeah. hey, easily offended people. I'm doing the right thing here and calling you by the Flamina Jaguar Hillary. name. You like luxury? Yeah, they're from Alabama. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Rich Corinthian leather, <laughs> but I think, I think I think that Jacksonville defense is pretty legit. Yeah, it's it's for real. I don't know if it's five picks legit again, but it's I, I wouldn't expect three hundred and eighty yards passing with five touchdowns and forty one to three. I was talking to Jesse James about the defense too, and I said, "Look, they're they're pass rush." What'd you say, hey Jesse? These guys got the drop on you the last time. <laughs> You know, your front, their front is good. Everybody talks about their corners, and he goes, "Yeah, but where did all the picks happen? There's the safeties and the guys in the middle." So like those guys are good too. Nobody talks about them, but they're yeah. effective too. So the line gets such prominent props and justifiably so with Ngakwe and uh, Campbell, but their linebackers are, are fast and active. We saw um, footage of uh, Antonio Brown working out with Chad Johnson this past oh, weekend. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, Ocho Cinco uh, and uh, AB uh, on the right track here. Yeah, I don't know if that's. A.B. working with Chad Johnson. I don't know if that means he's on the right track or not. Well, I, I, I think mean, Ramsey's I, a little bit better than Ocho Cinco playing know. corner. I just worry about the residual <laughs> effect if any uh, Chad Johnson. Stupidity wears off. Because A.B. doesn't have a lot of room to spare. <laughs> <laughs> We're all full up. <laughs> Sell crazy somewhere else. You know, if you look at what uh, McCoy did yesterday, and now how healthy was he? Eight, 19 for 75 rushing, which is 3.9, which is not bad in the playoff game. And he also caught six passes for 44 yards. And it would have been more. They had a stupid, unnecessary, illegal block on that big screen yeah. right. late in the game where they took about half of that away because of the penalty. But they, he's a Le'Veon Bell type player. For and, sure. And he was pretty effective. And he's, not, we think Lev's going to be 100% this yeah. time, unless we're hiding any more groin injuries or anything like that. He wasn't you know. effective enough to win, but he was 
they got their hands full with him. Tim Benz, you can hear him on the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network. This coming Sunday, it's Steelers-Jags, a 1 o'clock game. That means a 9 o'clock start for the network. That's stage AE. And tonight, bottle shop with Jerry, too. Good deal. Thanks, I man. woke up in a panic Saturday night slash Sunday morning because I hadn't written my pregame show open. <laughs> Don't you have a dream? Do you do that sometimes? Like, oh, all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut a up stress out of dream bed. about the show? Oh, my God. I didn't write anything. <laughs> Wait, there's no game. Go back to bed, idiot. A power <laughs> a Steeler talk with Stan Sabrin when we return on your home of the black and gold. 102.5 DVE. My dad one time was in Erie and uh, saw somebody I grew up with. Who's, she, she's beautiful. And he's like, I don't understand why you aren't going out with her. And I'm like, well, well I don't know, man. Uh, and uh, her her grandmother passed away and uh he went to the funeral home and he sent me a picture from his cell phone he goes hey look who i ran into she says hi the casket was in the background (laughs) (laughs) i'm like you lunatic put your flip phone away grieve and get out condolences <laughs> see ya randy bauman and the dve morning show oh it's Steeler monday the schedule is set it's time for an hour of uh Steeler talk here our power hour with stan Savin. let's uh send it to channel uh 11's weather center first to uh, give you an idea of this wintry mix as they like to call it which also that sounds like uh something you know planters makes for the holidays like <laughs> eh, i put out a wintry mix everyone seemed to like it a lot Snow and freezing rain for much of the area during the course of the day today travel will be bad at times high temperature 38 tonight some flurries or drizzle will drop to 28 and then mostly cloudy 39 on Tuesday, I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. All right, we're at 24 degrees wind chill, so it's 33 right now, so it's that weird spot, Val, where it's like... Rain, snow. Rain, snow, and yeah. then freezing up, so uh, careful driving out yes, there. take it easy. Stan Saverin joining us right now, and Stanley, what uh, what did you come away with uh, from this weekend? Well, New England gets a bye into the AFC Championship. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, although I wondered about Kansas City... They've given them trouble in the past, but the one variable would have been, I thought about this when it happened, if Kansas City wins, would they have Travis Kelsey, who went into concussion protocol? It's not his first. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, without Travis Kelsey, if they could have won there anyway. But, right. I mean, Tennessee's not a good football team. and um, But then again, I, Patriots, you have to figure, are going to win at home against whoever they play in that, that first round. Uh, you know, I kind of, I just didn't think, Buffalo did better than I thought they would. Uh, I didn't think they had any chance whatsoever to win no. the game. They maybe they didn't, but at least you know they kept it close. Um, uh, I mean, I, look, they had a chance to tie it late. You know, as the clock was winding down, they could have tied it if Tyrod Taylor has a touch or people, or can spot a wide open receiver. They win or uh, they tie the game at least. People talk about Blake Bortles and everything they say about him is true. But Tyrod Taylor is no better than he is. I mean, he's terrible. Uh, and that's why Buffalo just didn't have weapons. They were going to have to get a defensive touchdown, something right. like that. I will say this about that game. The Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, whoever he is, cost them a chance to win. First and goal at the one-yard line, and he has that stiff passing so they get an offensive pass interference. They settle for a field goal. 
Now, there's no guarantee at the end, but at the end, at least they're in position to kick a field goal to tie it. They got two penalties, which helped them out. First goal, one. You've got LaShawn McCoy. You've, and, and again, it wasn't Taylor's uh, on that particular play, but why would you put the ball in the hands of an awful quarterback? Right. And oh, by the way, I say the same thing about the Steelers. First and goal at the one-yard line, don't get cute. Uh, well then, they're, yeah, they're, run the ball in. You got, yeah. Even if you don't use McCoy, use the fullback. Use have Taylor keep the ball. Uh, uh-huh. but that that pass, they end up kicking a field goal because of the pass interference call, and you knew when it's first and goal from the twelve or whatever mm-hmm. it was, they had no chance whatsoever. Now maybe they have a chance to kick a game tying field goal, though. Obviously, Jacksonville's defense is playing differently if they're protecting against a touchdown as opposed to a field goal. But that's the one takeaway from there. Um, You know, Jacksonville is what it is. I think the Steelers are going to be fine in this game. Unless they play the game at Tequila Cowboy, uh, I think they're going to be be okay. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville, it's the old... It's the old adage of respect everyone, fear no one. Blake Bortles is the 39th rated passer in the NFL. This is not a guy. There's only 32 teams. There's, uh, I'm not sure how that works. But <laughs> well, they, they won't beat the Steelers if he runs for more yards than he passes. I mean, the big thing about that game, and again, they do have a tremendous defense, but five interceptions, you know, two touchdowns, um, they actually did a decent job on Fournette. We see the total, uh, but w- the 90-yard run certainly inflated the total. Um, that was icing on the cake. It was mop-up time at that point. But they did a decent job. If you take away the 91-yard run, I realize you can't, but he had 90 yards on 27 carries. That's okay. You have to contain him. You can't. Mike was talking about this earlier. If we uh, over pursue and you know leading the league in sacks, this is a team that can really rush the passer. But if you make this guy throw, that's it. And they have had issues with that this season. Uh, they had to make Mike Glennon beat them, the Bears, but they didn't because they allowed too much on the ground. You've got to make this guy beat you. You've got to have Fournette relatively in check. He's mm-hmm. going to get some yards, but you've got to make them a. Play from behind, which the Steelers really didn't do. They were up 9-7 early in the third quarter, but they didn't convert in the red zone. They settled for three field goals in that game. And again, they allowed Jacksonville to play their game offensively. You don't want to be chasing them. Make them chase you. They don't have the weapons to chase you. I'd like to see Ben go about 18 for 20 in this game, or maybe uh, 16 for 18. <laughs> you don't want to see him throw the ball 55 no, times? No, I want to see him thing. hand it off and hand it off and hand it off. Um, I think the big the difference in this game um, is... And I know he's going to be tempted, Stan, because he, he wants to make up for that make game. Make amends. And so he's going to want to air it out and have a four-touchdown game. You know, the, the, the issue is you pass when you want to, not when you have to. And they're balanced enough, and they have enough weapons. I mean, Jacksonville's defense is very good. Their corner tandem is probably the best in the NFL. But even with that, when you stop and consider, assuming A.B. is healthy, back when they played them on October the 8th, Juju really had not evolved into the weapon that he is now. Martavis Bryant was still kind of struggling. I think a guy that, you know, we don't look at terribly often because he's hurt all the time 
is Vance McDonald. I mean, th- this guy, given your talent at wide receiver, he is a seam tight end. I mean, he's what Ladarius Green might have been. Uh, he, he's got that kind of speed, and he can be a tremendous weapon, not to mention Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I, I think their offense is too balanced uh, for them, and what happened, I think, was an aberration. I mean, Jacksonville's good as it goes, but even if you look at their game yesterday, did they really play that well against that particular team? I think they played down to the Bills. You know, I, don't, I think the Bills were, you know, were fired up, and there was a lot of energy there, and they were ready to go, but they're not, they're not a good team. No, they're not. Uh, Some of the fans were actually on fire. Yeah. Forget fired up. <laughs> that, was, that happened in the parking I lot. just worry about our ability to stay disciplined both offensively and defensively. And, I mean, if they can do that, there is no problem in this game. If Ben can avoid the temptation to, you know, audible out of something because he sees, oh, I can throw a bomb here. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, probabilities being a little risky because he loves doing that. You know, there's a difference between I have an open play here that I got to go to and him, I'd like to, uh, you know what, I think I can hit him in the seam here. Well, the one good thing that Jacksonville has going for it are are those two corners. They really don't have to, not that it often works, but they really probably won't try to double A-B. Um, they're likely to put Jalen Ramsey on them and say, mm-hmm. there you go. And if they don't have to double A-B, then obviously matchups become more difficult for the Steelers. Even with that, the Steelers offensively uh, are multiply talented, and I think Jacksonville will have trouble dealing with it. Jerry Dulac uh, joining us for this power hour of Steeler talk. With- also, by the way, Pozlozny got hurt yesterday. Um, he's very important to them in the middle, so we don't know what his status will be. Jerry D, um, you have this Morning. as a uh, twenty or well, you, a twenty-point victory for the Steelers. Saying it might be worse than that. Yeah, you're you're pretty confident. Oh, that game was brutal yesterday. I mean, that's the way Jacksonville's been playing. If you've been watching, I mean, their offense can't score. Their longest pass, they they're they're no threat. Their longest pass play was twenty yards. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, if Fournette's a good runner, but they'll gang up to stop him. And, I mean, yeah, their defense is, their defense is good. But, I mean, giving up, you know, I, I mean, look at Buffalo's offense, just brutal. Their longest pass play was 16 yards. They can't go down the field. Right. Neither team could go down the field. Remember what you're dealing here with here with the Steelers. This is a multifaceted offense, and they'll, one way or another, they'll attack that defense. Mm-hmm. I, that was one of the worst playoff games I think I've ever seen between two brutal teams. But that's the way Jacksonville's been playing. So I, I, I thought, you asked me last week, Stan, who did I think was the best team for the Steelers playing in the first round? And I said Jacksonville, despite the fact their defense is pretty good. Uh, they're just not a good football team. Tennessee is harder to defend than than Jacksonville. Kansas City is harder to defend than Jacksonville. And so, I, so to me, that's... Yeah, it got scary there for a second. We almost had to take on Tennessee. It was yeah, like, absolutely. I really would rather yeah, not right. play them. I mean, you know... That if, would have been okay, too. Yeah, but if... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, you know, you're talking now about defending a bit of an option quarterback. This guy runs, but he's not an option quarterback. That's what creates some problems for NFL teams, but never with the Steelers, is an option quarterback, not a scrambling quarterback. I don't know that a team – has a team ever won anything with a scrambling quarterback? No. All right, let me ask you about some of the other games that happened this weekend. First of all, once again, the officiating becomes the story. Yeah. Uh, Stanley, let me ask you. Uh, as he's shaking his whether head. Whether it was – 
uh, auxiliary refs running onto the field to alert the uh, crew in the Buffalo game that they had in, improperly, uh, well, they hadn't taken off the, the 10 seconds. Uh, or No, was that the, not another game? Or did that they happen took, at the end? Yeah, they, well, no, that was the intentional grounding uh, okay. call. And that, by the way, that needs to be changed. That was in... Um, um, you know, it's bad enough. It's a penalty. You lose yardage. It's a loss of down. Now you take away 10, ten, ten seconds second on runoff. top of it? Right. Why not just bring out a portable gallows <laughs> and hang someone? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's kind of funny because so many rules are engineered to favor the offense. It's, that and really that is, is something that just ends right. games. Right. That's overkill. Why not just you know, give them blindfolds and a cigarette and say, here, yeah. now we're going to kill I think the, what the biggest problem is, all-star officiating crews are a bad idea. They haven't worked together all year long. They're, yes, calls are made individually, but there is some teamwork involved. I have a feeling that if uh, that crew had worked together all year long, the 10-second runoff would not have been an issue. It's also clear to me, Jerry, I know what you think. Uh, the only thing Jeff Triplett has done of notoriety is throw a penalty flag in Orlando Brown's <laughs> yeah, eye right, and blind him. Right. Uh, and then he announces his retirement. That tells me that he didn't get that assignment on merit. He got it because they knew he's going to retire. Right. Thanks, Jeff. Take your southern hillbilly accent and retire. And that was his reward. No one can tell me that that Corrente or or uh, Triplett got that assignment on merit. But I mean, All Star. We want to give you one last chance to you screw go. up a game before you head out. Just give you the Super Bowl while you're at it. Uh, there was not one game that did not have. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe the uh, uh, Rams and the Falcons, uh, but the other three certainly had big officiating if- issues. Cam Newton should not have gone back in the game. I mean, by the letter of their uh, of the way that they want to apply concussion protocol. I mean, the guy got knocked out. Yeah, see, I didn't see that. That was part of the game I missed. He was wobbly. Yeah, yeah, he and- was wobbly, and then he went to the sideline. He went in the tent. They looked at him. He did have a series to recover because his team went on defense after that. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he dropped to his knees on the sideline. I, I'm, Travis Kelsey was out on his feet, and oh, people yeah. were trying to oh, hold yeah. him up. I mean, they that was trying to hold him up. Right, right. Um, and, but those guys are warriors, and, you know, a lot of times they want to come back and stuff. And, and you know, this is what the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to protect these guys from their own from competitive themselves. nature. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think they failed Cam Newton there. Uh, also, that rule I feel like it should change, or there should be some amendment. If Tyrod Taylor gets absolutely destroyed, how are they also being penalized by taking ten seconds off the clock? That doesn't seem yeah, fair. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't quite understand that in that instance. I can see where a guy's maybe you know faking some kind of injury, but there's no question he was not faking an injury there, and then you're going to penalize him on top. You're going to lose your quarterback. He has a possible concussion. Now, we're going to take 10 seconds on top of that. On top of the uh, – and you lose it down. Right. right. Um, well, I think the, the, the rule states because they didn't have a timeout. If they would have had a timeout, uh, right, I understand. then they, I understand. they don't take the 10 seconds off because if a player goes down the final two minutes, the, the presumption is he may be uh, you know, faking it. I, I think there another you know you talk about the uh, you, you talk about the Kelsey hit um, that was helmet to helmet, but he's a ball carrier, right? And so therefore, it's okay to kill them, but not a receiver who is allegedly defenseless. Uh, and I know people don't want more of those type of rules. I, I think in general, and I'll go back to a conversation that I, I had with Art Rooney uh, right after the New England game, uh, not immediately after, but uh, the following. T- 
Tuesday, whatever it was. And just talking about that whole Jesse James thing and whatever. And I've likened, I've made this analogy before. If you're at home and you're going to watch a show or a movie, whatever it is, and you're watching, and the plot gets so convoluted and complicated, you say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm, I'm watching TV to be entertained. I'm going to relax. Well, fans are certainly into their teams, and they want them to win, but it's still entertainment. And if you make it too hard for people to say, how come that's not a catch? Why, why, that's a catch, but that's not. Right. The same principle applies, and people who aren't actively devoted to their team, if they're playing, are saying, what? And they're turning people off. It's, to me, it's not replay. I'm fine with replay. It's the rules that need to be simplified that lead to plays that are replayed. That's the issue. I mean, they've got to make it the same for a ball carrier and a receiver, whether they cross the plane it's got to be the same for both. You can't have one rule for one, one for the you other. You have to it's establish too, yourself as a runner first. Survive to the, the ground, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're making it. Anyway, I said to use that analogy to Art Rooney, and he said simply, we're making it too hard. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's entertainment. It can't be that hard. You can't ask people because that's not the most important thing of their life. Maybe for three hours on Sunday it is. Yeah. But it, you can't make it that hard. It's too I think, hard. I think the one thing we've seen, despite the uh, uh, the emphasis on it and and the penalties, have you seen a decline in helmet hits and helmet shots? Guys come in leading with their helmets and hit guys in their helmets. You haven't seen a back off in that at all, and that's surprising to me. I mean, half these guys come in now and lead, and we saw it with the Kelsey hit. We saw it with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they come in with their helmet on, and they come in like a torpedo we have not seen and that's what they want to do they want to try and reduce that if actually they'd love to eliminate it. i don't i don't see it being reduced at all i well, see guys I taking the same shots i thought initially it did when, when they first implemented you see it anymore rule, is my point james harrison challenged it as you'll remember but the following season there was only one targeting it was a, a julius peppers did it while he was still with green bay he hit a bears player but as I recall, there was only one of those incidents the following season. Or I should say, excuse me, after the James Harrison stuff, which was in October. From that point forward, that same season, was it 2012, whatever it was, there was only one incident, and that was in the playoffs with uh, the Packers and Julius Peppers. So initially, it did work, but Jerry's right. Now they're back to doing it again. I think, I think as a players' union, these guys have to come together and just agree as a group, hey, I'm not going to try to decapitate you. I'm not going to sh- you know, tough, try to man. injure you, but it's, it's tough because you have guys that are getting paid way more, and those are the guys that are getting hit. You know, because you're well, trying to take out the talent and, of the other. And the team. league doesn't help out too when they take an obvious infraction by George Aloka and reduce the suspension to a fine. And by the way, the players' union is complicit in this too. You talk about the players. Who goes to bat for the players when they're suspended? The players' association. Yeah. Oh, and they're fighting against another one of their members. Uh, you know, safety, which is yeah, a little bit. Antonio Brown for perfect. Antonio Brown's not a member of the union, right? Too? Look, contradictory. But see, I think there's a big difference between the George Iloka hit and the hit on Kelsey yesterday. Those, those to me seem to be two different things. Well, there's one that sort of seems to be in the battle of the moment. You know, which was which one? I, I don't think the I think the I look at I think he launched himself at a B. Yeah, I see. I, I and Mike Mitchell well, disagrees. 
But yeah, at, so so do I. I I think George Iloka's uh, uh, job is to you know knock the football away from the player. Right. He's trying to make a football play. Should have he been fined or fined heavily? Absolutely. Go at his chest to do I, that though. Well, I don't I don't believe that a player should be suspended for a football play. What Gronk did, what Crabtree did, what. Uh, 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 the wide receiver Mike Evans from Tampa Bay did Marcus which to Peters me, to me yeah all those guys those are non football plays but a football play no matter how egregious to me it, it should just be a a heavy See, I think well, I look at target talking, I, feel, I think if he you're targeted. serious about getting it out of the game there's a classic illustration because he could have launched himself at AB even leading with his helmet and gone for the football if you if you if you're saying oh I was just trying to dislodge him from the football mm-hmm. then Launch your helmet at his arm right. where he's holding the football. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, come back. Pursuit is going to join us here in studio. Jerry D., uh, what do you got going on, Jerry D.? Well, tonight we're at the bottle shop, Ben's and I. Uh, yeah. We haven't been there in about three weeks because of the holidays. Yeah. And then tomorrow night right here with Stefan Tuitt. Uh, and that's a great show, Yeah, yeah, he's, been re- yeah he's really good. He's, he really comes, uh, you know, prepared and uh, he enjoys just like I, AB. I think he enjoys being here. Absolutely, yeah. Just, just like Antonio Brown. No drop off there from AB. Yeah, he shows up on time, just like AB. Mm-hmm. Has plenty to say, just like AB. You know, takes the conversation somewhere else, like AB. Yeah, really he good. really took that the Jacksonville I, loss personally. Uh, uh, the, the the rushing. Uh, uh, he takes it all personally. I'm telling you. Two days later, you could see it bothers him. But when you see him in the locker room, I mean, that guy is drained. He sometimes doesn't. Uh, even want to talk, or at least he wants to get composed. He takes those losses personally. Yeah, he's a good dude. Is his is he completely healed? I don't think he's completely healed, uh, but but I think for the most part he has his strength, uh, and he says he has his range of motion. Um, but uh, to me, uh, I just I I think he's probably playing at ninety ninety five percent. That's what I thought. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. More Steeler talk when we return on your home of the Black and Gold one hundred two point five DB. Tom. Hey, Valerie, it is pretty ugly outside right now. Can you give us a quick weather, or rather, a traffic update so people know what's going on? I know the Parkway West outbound looks like it's crawling up here in Green Tree. Yeah, a few accidents, actually quite a few. Uh, one in Shaler, Babcock Boulevard at Green Hill Road, a vehicle into a utility pole there, another accident. In Center Township, uh, 376 westbound at Center Township, and uh, also in Claysville, 70 eastbound, an accident between Claysville and Chestnut Street to residual delays there and accident in Taylorstown 70 westbound right near the Bridge Street exit Butler County 79 southbound between Portersville and Zelianople an accident also in Wilkinsburg Mill Street at Franklin Avenue on 28 outbound between Cheswick Springdale and the Creighton exit uh, uh, 28 southbound between Terenum and New Kensington an accident with a vehicle over a hillside in Marshall Township Pleasant Hill Road at Knob Road and uh, also in in Harmony on Perry Highway at Salt Works Road. So a lot of accidents, snow starting to come down. And I have a concert announcement, too. Oh, do that. Yeah, Rod Stewart with Cindy Lauper coming to town, PPG Paints Arena, Saturday, August 11th. Tickets go on sale this uh, Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Wow. There you go. Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper. Lauper? It's... Lau Hooper. <laughs> yeah. DVE. Mike Pursuta joining us here. We got a full house in our power hour of Steeler Talk continues. Stan Saverin. 
the godfather here, Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette, part of the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network. Now, you guys are going to get things going uh, Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff, so 9 o'clock, they'll get things going here. You guys will take the reins at 11? Correct. That we will. With uh, Bob Labriola on uh, on your side as well. Now, Mike. Mike will have his script ready, though, this time. Yes. Won't wake up in a sweat. There's no script for the post-game show. No, you just oh, wing it, Stan. just wait, and then they, 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 oh, yeah. callers they write the script. There's a script. Wacko callers. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. There's a script, all right. We try to minimize those. Let's see, uh, for the next 20 minutes, we want only calls ripping Mike Tomlin. You can get to Ben after that. But in this segment of the pregame show. Yeah, line around the block, right? Now, um, this is... If they win... Can I just interject that Sports This Hour is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Steelers draw the Jags, and this is really their game to lose, Mike. That's what they think. Uh, you might recall uh, last week we had a soundbite from defensive coordinator Keith Butler, and I'd asked him about the run defense, and he started talking about Jacksonville without mentioning Jack. Oh, these guys ran the ball. Well, wait a minute. We're not playing anybody yet, but we got to do better against the run, it. <laughs> he almost said Jacksonville. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had no issue whatsoever addressing Steelers versus Jacksonville the second time before that matchup was even assured last week. Here's uh, Le'Veon Bell talking about what should be different between October and this coming Sunday. Now I turn the ball over. I mean, we gave them two touchdowns. Um, you know, I mean, they, they had a 85, 90-yard run at the end of the game and clean up time. Like, we, the crazy part is we played so terribly, but we were still in that game, you know, so... It's not anything different we got to do other than protect the football. Then we won't have to feel the need to throw the ball 50 to- 55 times. We keep those guys off balance. They got to play the run now. They got to play play action. Um, we can play you know, first and 10, drop back pass. Now they can defend you know, Martavis, A.B. deep, Juju over across the middle, whatever. You know, Juju wouldn't even emerge then. You know, Juju ain't really start emerging technically to the Colts game. You know, and that's when everybody comes like, ooh, Juju good. You know? <laughs> but you know, now they got a game plan for all that. I think it was ooh, actually Juju the, good. Ooh, might have been the Lions game before that when everybody went, ooh, Juju good after that 97-yard right. TD. But point made, more more weaponry to attack that really good defense with. Ben Roethlisberger threw it 55 times for 312 yards, but uh, five interceptions and two touchdown passes, both of which were thrown to Jacksonville Jaguars defenders. In a row. You don't want that. Uh no, you don't. You it, know, and, and and also, Mike. Along with that, no takeaways. When it's five zero, if it's five three, if you take the ball away three times, it helps negate some of your own turnovers. But right. when you don't take it away, and you get, uh, you they know, did turn- have one pick. What's that? They got one pick. Oh, on the board. that's right. That's right. They did. Yeah. But point made. Minus four is not. Yeah, not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, the Steelers are presumably going to be healthy on offense. Le'Veon Bell's been maintaining since Christmas Day in Houston that Antonio Brown is coming back. All the videos with uh, Antonio Brown and Chad Johnson, if you've seen any of those, would suggest he's ready to come back. And uh, that being the case, uh, this is going to be on the Steelers the rest of the way uh, as as opposed to the teams they're playing against or the relative lack of firepower they are forging ahead without. You know, we want to feel like we want to go in full power, full strength for the playoffs. And if we lose, then we'd be like, okay, well, we lost that full strength. You know, no, there's nothing we can say about it. You know, but there's no more excuses now. You know, we got to get back there, get there, um, you know, and win games. And if guys beat us the way we are, you know, then so be it. But I just don't feel that's that's the case. Yeah, I think that the the unsaid part of all of this, 
I'm assuming, is that they'd like to try to get through a postseason without giving the ball to Ben Tate or Fitz Toussaint <laughs> or throwing it to Kobe Hamilton. Yeah. In this era, they have played less than one quarter with A.B., Ben, and Le'Veon Bell. And that was the AFC Championship game last year. lasted less than a quarter, just about. And they've never had all three together. And I've also... What might that look like? Yeah, that's what you keep wondering. Or is that too much to hope for? Or did the bye week ensure that they'll have that this time? Well, I mean, going in, they should. And we're assuming that even if AEB is 100%, well, what we've seen, he's, you know, he's going to be darn close to it. Um, this, is the, this, is the, this is the multi-headed dragon that we thought we would see week heading one. into the training camp. <laughs> uh, didn't emerge quickly. Yeah, it took a while, didn't it? It took a while. But, you know, you saw, and I, I still believe this, and I'm sure that, you know, you know, north of Pennsylvania they would vehemently disagree, aside from the Jesse James play um, and aside from throwing interception in the end zone when you could have thrown it away and kicked a field goal to tie and see what happens, I believe if A.B. plays in that game, they win. I believe if A.B. plays the entire game against New England, and that's a big if, um, they win. Although that said, are we in agreement he dropped the ball in the end zone before he got hurt? Yes, uh, I mean, also, I don't know. I so, gave him a pass on. Yeah. Well, it was a tough, challenge. It was a tough catch. Catch. Give him a pass? He got hurt. That's catch. a lot of best pain. Re- best yeah. receiver in the, in the world? Yeah, but that was, it wasn't an easy he catch. Ripped it wasn't his calf like, in the, wasn't Corey I Coleman last week. But then right he dropped the ball before he got hit is my point. Uh-uh. No. It was, it was, I thought it was like simultaneous. It was contested. I thought he was about to bring the ball in. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem was he tried to catch the ball with his body. The mm-hmm. ball got into his body, and then that's when he got hit. Um, it wasn't like the, the 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 Buffalo guy who dropped that pass for a touchdown yesterday. Oh yeah, you know that's you got to catch that ball. Yeah, or how about the great pa- Cam Newton threw to the uh, oh in 12. the first quarter? Oh, unbe- two unbelievable throws. What a bullet! What a yeah, rope! Yeah. Perfect throw, and the guy drops it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where it had to be. You know, Stan. To your point, I think and we'll, we'll find out today if Antonio Brown isn't practicing today. Now they got an extra day. If he isn't practicing by Wednesday, he won't play. They're not gonna, you don't come back from a four-week injury or three-week injury and then automatically uh, they hold you out. They're gonna, they want him to practice to see where he is. But I think it's pr- safe to assume that by the next game, should there be a next game, he will play. And I bring that up because without Antonio Brown, the good news is the way Juju Smith-Schuster has emerged the last Juju seven good. games, big-time big player. Uh, Martavis Bryant here the last couple games. And between Vance McDonald and Jesse James, we've seen production from the tight end. So uh, even if Antonio Brown doesn't play, they should and would they will beat this team, in my opinion. But I mean, having him for New England would be the key because then that just makes everybody more dangerous. Do you think that the Steelers think, now what we think, that the coaching staff thinks that if there's any question about A.B.'s health, that they're good enough to beat Jacksonville without A.B.? No. I, I, don't, I don't. They'll never. I, I don't think they would go into a playoff game with that attitude. No, nor would they admit it. But I also think, uh, I, I think we saw a little bit of that attitude in the Cleveland game. That was part of what they thought. That, um, oh, for sure. No doubt, but we that's Cleveland. Beat, no, uh, but it's the same mentality. We can beat them with our backups. Yeah, but they didn't really care if they didn't beat them right. with their but backups. It was more important for them to, to make sure their key guys were rested. But based on what they, what they have seen, yeah, I mean, I, I think they just believe, look, if this is what we have to play, we'll, we'll still play our game and we'll still be good enough to beat them. So if there's any doubt about A.B., 
um, you think they'll sit him? It, if if there's any doubt medically, yeah, there won't be any question about we better give him one more week. It'll be where he is, and the medical staff determines that. And again, if he if he's not practicing, no, of course they'll leave open the opportunity. We'll leave the light on for him. <laughs> but if he's not out there early, you know, he hasn't been around all week. He hasn't been around been except Florida, for one right? day last week. He came in, and that's when he was catching passes. Uh, in the indoor facility, and that's when Tomlin said he saw him downstairs. That was really the first time they saw him. The other thing um, that uh, is going to be a critical element of this is Blake Bortles getting outside, and uh, they they got to deal with that. And the way you deal with that, it's almost like playing an option team where you're assigned to a guy and you're not supposed to run to the ball. It goes against the instincts of a pass rusher to be disciplined and rush from a spot as opposed to trying to get there as quickly as possible and get the guy on the ground. Here's uh, Blake Bortles yesterday with uh, Tracy Wolfson on the CBS postgame show talking about using his legs and being able to play with patience because of that great Jacksonville defense. It's huge. They've, uh, they've been unbelievable all year long, and it kind of allows us to go out there and, um, you know, I don't think not press or, or get too high or too low. Uh, I think understanding, you know, that they'll give us the ball back and give us some more opportunities, and they've been able to do it all year long, and they did it again today. For you, you told me the win got to you a little bit. It was a really tough day passing the football, so instead you decide to use their legs. Did you have any idea that it would come down to that in this game? You know, um, well, we, we got beat last week in Tennessee, and I didn't run at all. You know, so it kind of felt as though we, we got beat without kind of shooting all our shots. Um, so, I, you know, I said it's been a difficult conditions. Um, so let's find some ways to move the ball and do some different stuff. So we weren't sharp. Uh, we made some bad plays, did some stupid stuff, but uh, we found a way to win, and that's all that matters. If you put that in the Tomlin translator, <laughs> what that would come out is, my defense allows me to be inefficient, inaccurate, and poor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it does. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's unbelievable to me. And, Mike, the difference between what Blake Bortles does and Mariota, Mariota is an option quarterback. It's option reads with Derrick Henry. This guy just – there's no option with him. He's just out, and he decides to scramble. So, I mean, the threat of the option isn't there. It's just him running um, is there. But uh, I, to me, if that's And he's concern, no Mike Vick. I mean, he, he's not dynamic running the ball. No. I mean, he, he oh, did. I, I disagree with you there. They, they kept pumping that stat on the broadcast yesterday. He is the fourth highest quarterback of all time average per carry. Quick break. We'll be right back. More Steeler talk. TV morning show. Okay, here we go. Power Hour comes to a, a close. Here's Stan Saverin, the godfather. You can hear him, hear him on ESPN Radio 970 from noon to 2. Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette here. He's part of the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network also. You can hear him tonight at the Bottle Shop. Loving the Power Hour, And then uh, by to- the way. tomorrow uh, you'll have Stefan Tewitt here in studio. Correct. 7 to 8 with Stefan on DVE. And then 8 to 9, uh, Dale and I will be on the Let's ESPN. go around the horn on uh, the weekend slate of games here. In the NFC, Atlanta is uh, going to be going to Philadelphia. Or, uh, no, I got that backwards. No, no. Yeah, that's no, that's right. That's right. Atlanta going to Philadelphia. I, I don't think the Eagles Favored. are hopeless without Wentz, but I kind of like the way Atlanta's playing. I'm I'm with I'm with Mike except I think the Eagles will find one game to win ten to nine ten to three thirteen ten with their defense. Although I do, I'm with you with Matt Ryan in a way. I think I think Ryan's going to find a way to win that mm-hmm. game. But I, I, Philadelphia could win, but I don't think it will. 
Stan? I liked Atlanta over the Rams because I thought about rookie quarterback, right. first playoff game, mm-hmm. and that, and you know, the whole team you know, didn't quite understand. I'm still not convinced Atlanta's over their collapse, and I, I still wonder about their collective character um, going into Philadelphia. Um, I'm with Jerry. I, I think that you know, if, if Foles doesn't lose the game, right. the rest of the Eagles can win it. Minnesota got their bye. They'll be hosting the Saints, who all of the sudden – Look like a juggernaut. Yeah, I like Boy. them coming out of the NFC. I think I said that last week. I'm going to stay with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Mike there because offensively and defensively. Um, and they can run the ball as yeah, well. Absolutely. It's not just Drew Brees. Right, absolutely. I, I like the way the Saints are playing, and I like their defense. And I mean, that's, uh, Minnesota's going to have to shut them down. Uh, that's a Case Keenum, you know. He's not a playoff-tested quarterback, so I'm with the Saints on that one. I actually picked Carolina as the one upset of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um and they came close. Yes, they came oh, very yeah. close. Um, but I, I, I like Carolina's team. But the thing that surprised me was is that the Saints' defense is much better um, than I thought it was. And the Minnesota offense um, is not appreciably better than Carolina's. Uh, and so based on their defense, I'm going to pick Minnesota, uh, uh, New Orleans. You know, I like where he's going with Carolina, too. You look at that division, three playoff teams out of that division. It's tough. And they're all pretty good, and they all had to play each other. And, and that's yeah. why you got to like Atlanta too, for the reasons you're saying. Right? They're, they're. I think their records are not maybe what they would be in another division where it was easier. <laughs> yeah. But their quality of play and the big games they've been in. Uh, I think Carolina's a hell of a club. I'm with you. Uh, New Orleans and Atlanta are the benefit of surviving the first round coming out of that division. Is there any way the Titans beat the Patriots? No. No. <laughs> Can they make it tough on them at least by no. running Henry early Wear them down, and often? I don't. I don't know that they don't, they don't get the pressure up front. They're going to have to have big games from Morgan and Arakpo yeah. to get pressure and hit Brady. You want to talk about bouncing back? You think Brady's not going to come out after this article? Oh, absolutely! And he's he's gonna, the greatest self motor. Him and England. Belichick are going to be tonguing each other on the sideline. He makes Heinz Ward. is going to be hugging it. It's going to be a threesome. He makes Heinz Ward forty-eight to minus two. Right, absolutely. All you can hope for is that's that my pick for that game. Patriots forty-eight, Tennessee minus play, two. Yeah, they're going to sing Kumbaya around the fire. <laughs> the only thing you can hope for is that Tennessee um, is physical um, and right. I'm not to go out and hurt yeah. people, but no, know, but chip them, chip them, bumps and bruises. <laughs> you know, be physical. Yeah, That's... I like I like Tim's theory earlier. Belichick sitting around the video room saying, "Hmm, a Dick LeBeau defense. What do I do?" <laughs> yeah, no chance. And the key to the Steelers beating the Jaguars: run the ball, baby, and just contain rush. Don't tur- don't turn it over, and don't let them freelance plays and fluke their way into staying in it late when you can lose it. Number seven. Very simple. You see what he's done this last half of the season. Give him the ball and let him do whatever no, it is. No, let him hit you. Yeah, hand it off. Let what? No, no that's I think baloney. Go, go if up you're early. handing it off, if you're handing it off, you're playing a you're playing a, uh, a 2016, 17, 13 game. You have to just look at what they've been doing. That's the, give, Let seven do what they need to do with their weapons. I'm not at all worried about Jacksonville's offense. Hey, I'm just not. They put ten points up on the Bills. I mean, it, if if they put up <laughs> ten on Tennessee the week before that too. If if Blake Bortles runs for more yards than he passes, they'll get stomped. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I have, the only issue is Jacksonville's defense, but I think that even that can be contained. 
I've learned you don't take from one game that it necessarily will translate to the next one. Transitive properties. Uh, you, you look at, you know, they were playing Buffalo, had no weapons. The Steelers have multiple weapons. The issue is just play your game. A little more balanced than we saw the last time. Obviously, you can't turn it over five times. But the Steelers just need to remember, we're the Steelers. They're the Jaguars. End of story. Stan Saverin, the Godfather, ESPN Radio 970 this afternoon. What's going on? Um, Mike Lang's going to join me. Oh, uh, nice. nice. Heck of a hockey win. game to it talk heck about. Heck of a hockey game. Uh, Tunch Oaken's going to be on. Obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, Steelers and Jags. That's at noon today on 106.3 FM and 970 AM ESPN Radio. Thanks to Jerry Dulac. He'll be at the bottle shop tonight. He'll be in the studio tomorrow here at DVE with Stefan Tuitt uh, and uh, Tim Benz, the aforementioned uh, Benzie. Thanks to him. Thanks, boys. Tomorrow on the show, Cam Hayward, Charlie Batch, and Billy Gardell. Steelers Tuesday. It's getting ugly out there (laughs) right now. (laughs) We're at that point of the year. Oh, yeah, buddy. I'm buying it. Steelers Tuesday. Michelle's up next with the Steelers Electric Lunch. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.